is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're broadcasting live from Northwest Pennsylvania, and we do each and every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. on Global Star Radio Network. Our video is also live on YouTube, and we stream also on Blog Talk Radio Network. I want to thank each and every one of you guys for joining us tonight. Uh, we got a great show lined up for you. Um, HagmanReport.com is our website for news and information, as well as HagmanandHagman.com for show information and make sure you check hagmanreport.com daily um, again we have a, a fantastic show for you tonight portions of tonight's program is brought to you by whole tones uh, wholetones.com is the website wholetoneslive.com is the website wholetoneslive.com um, it's a fantastic product and it's about um, musical music that is uh, at a specific frequency that, that can help you um, from healing to help you sleep and help your mind. In this segment, this first segment, we got Colonel Sargis Sangari from United Assyrian Appeal.org. He's been a guest uh, several times in the past and just recently. We're going to get into what is happening between the U.S. and Syria from the gas attack to the response, the tactical uh, missile strike yesterday on the Syrian airfield. And there's been some conflicting reports about that, but... Um, we know two things. One, that the the globalists and the warmongers have blamed Assad for this latest gas attack. And yesterday in the first segment, we talked about um, some of the different responses from people who had opposing views in a timeline. And we talked about controlling the narrative. And then at the uh, last hour of the show last night, we only got to mention what was going on as we were joined by by a guest. Uh, but Mr. Sangari's here, and he's gonna. We're gonna talk a little bit about what's going on in Syria, the strategy behind what has happened, and, and where we might go from here. Mr. Sangari, welcome back to the Hagman Report. It's good to be back, guys. It's great to have you. Uh, since the last time you've been on, there's been a, uh, a few changes that have, that have happened here. Um, and yesterday we, we laid this out about the gas attack. On March 30th, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. said that we were not going to go for a regime change in Syria. Then Rex Tillerson, a few days after that, backed up. That claim saying they're not going to try to oust Assad when trying to bring a peaceful end to the Syrian civil war. And then, boom, um, on the 4th of, of April, it, there was a gas attack, and they turned around and immediately blamed Assad. And for whatever reason, uh, whether it's somebody talking in Trump's ear, I believe it was a more a political maneuver with, for Trump rather than a, um, a revenge or... or uh, it was it was a message Trump was sending not only to Syria but the world and to his uh, critics here in the U.S. Uh, and I think it was kind of strategic. But there's been a lot of backlash as Trump ran on a non-interventionist platform. He's not going to get involved, um, you know, and it kind of went against everything that he criticized Obama for in 2013 and what he ran on in his campaign. Uh, Mr. Singari, what do you have to make of of these events that have just transpired? Uh, I, th I think they're heading in a positive for the United States from a strategic standpoint. I know it's just a tactical strike, but if you want to tie it to the narrative of what happened prior to the chemical attack and then with the strike taking place, I think you see that the stars basically aligned in the right direction. 
you have the president of Jordan coming to United States, president of Egypt coming to United States. Both countries are very good friends of Israel. They both have recognized Israel's right to exist. Um, at the same time as they come, uh, you see that the uh, president of China is going to arrive here. And in the process of him arriving, with China expanding in Asia, uh, with the uh, Russians, as I was just three weeks ago, we were talking, and I said, I don't know what the plan is for uh, Syria, because although we've introduced our Marines in the east, Russia still wins at the end. You know, Russia's going to get its pick of who's going to be the replacement for Assad, if Assad has to be replaced. And they're not engaged in the combat operations. The U.S. is kind of outside the uh, table when it comes to negotiations. So we're not negotiating from a position of strength. And what happens is now you have the major countries that are there securing our footprint. Uh, you know, Israel being a strategic depth partner for United States. Jordan being a very good partner uh, with ties to Egypt, uh, to Egypt and uh, Israel. Egypt itself finally reconfirming his relationship with Israel and the United States in the meetings, given the fact that um, if you look at Lebanon possibly being the next position where we may have a war as ISIS was shifting his operations from Syria into Lebanon as it was pivoting uh, towards the West, that gave an opportunity with what happened with the strike for us to send a clear message that U.S. is not back in the negotiations in Syria and that we are have a say in shaping the future of Syria. I think that's beneficial both for uh, Russia, U.S., and everybody involved um, in the discussions. Uh, what you see in the media may play out differently, but I think from a uh, just a simple strategic negotiation standpoint, I think in the long run it's much better for the U.S. and Russia and all the neighboring countries for this action to have taken place where U.S. is now negotiating from a position of strength. Right before uh, we went live, I asked you what you thought of the latest uh, Syrian gas attack. And as you said, you know, I guess it doesn't matter right now. Um, the former U.K. ambassador to Syria, Peter Ford, gave an interview, and he said it's the interventionalist, like dogs returning to their own vomit, meaning they tried this in 2013, um, and then they continue to try... And we see this here with John McCain and Lindsey Graham, the the, the right wing warmongers, uh, all got behind Trump yesterday, and it was kind of out of character for them. It seems like that they're trying to push this in a certain direction. Um, does the gas attack? Uh, do you have any idea or, or how this happened? Or um, I mean, we know no no real evidence has come forth except some of the videos. There's not been uh, they said Assad did it, and they've, the Department of Defense released a, a flight map. Um, but beyond that, do you, did you see a rush to judgment here to, to blame Assad? Well, look, if you, uh, we posted our article on Near East Center for Strategic Engagement and, uh, it was, uh, on April 6th actually before the, uh, uh, strikes against the airbase took place. Um, and we were holding that, uh, uh, article for a couple of days. Uh, but it really, uh, one of the questions we asked was that, uh, who actually is to blame for the attack? And we also went down and laid out all the nations. You know, Assad, for him to do so would make no sense because one thing that we have to understand, uh, Russia has such a strong footprint in Syria right now, they literally have created the hunter-killer teams to go after the ISIS operators in the region. 
for you to be able to have hunter-killer teams from the local community, you have to have deep roots in all these cities. So when Assad uses a chemical weapon somewhere, he cannot just use it specifically in an area where you have Russian operators are operating. It could actually kill them also. Uh, so uh, it would be a negative for him to have used it. At the same time, if a chemical weapon was used, then, as you see now, the blame goes back to the United States and the U.N. for not doing their job to begin with, but the Russians, who had all said that the chemical weapons were cleared out of uh, Syria. Um, it wouldn't help the Russians for such an attack to take place because then, as you see now, Russia would be blamed for the fact that they're supporting a terrorist regime. Uh, at the same time, um, for this type of an attack to take place, Really, frankly, the biggest benefit for us, United States strategically, is that it brought us finally to the table of being able to negotiate from position of strength. So we were already negotiating. We had met with the Russians and the Turks about what the future of Syria was going to be. But really, when this chemical attack took place, for whatever reason, whoever might have been responsible, and the way we laid it out in our article was, uh, maybe others were responsible for it or certain groups that were not invited to the party uh, had not decided to use this platform or means to come uh, to the party, uh, almost like uh, wedding crashers. Uh, so it gave us an opportunity to be able to not go in, strike not Syria really by hitting that airfield, by striking the Assad himself, uh, striking an airfield that is uh, close to the borders of Israel, Lebanon, which uh, was being used, whether we liked it or not, to bring resupplies in. And uh, a lot of people need to hark back to the Israeli attack that took place in Syria just a month ago, which it took out a lot of major supplies that were coming in. Those supplies were actually coming in from North Korea to supply uh, forces on the ground. So while you have the uh, Chinese... Uh, a leadership here in uh, um, in uh, Florida, meaning with the United States, uh, not only did that strike send a message to him, it sent a message to North Korea, it sent a message to Russia, it sent a message to Iran, it sent a message to Jordan, Egypt, Israel, uh, Lebanon, and it sent a message to all the other countries that actors in the region. So. Um, I'm not going to say who did it, uh, but uh, uh, Mr. Sangari, I don't know if you can hear us, but hold on a second. We got cut off. Um, it's yeah, we we have a we have a little uh, uh, we we have an audio issue. Up on issue. issue. Yeah, we're we're getting the audio back. Just stand by just momentarily. We're speaking to. Sargas Sangari. Um, and folks, if you have not read the article, nec-se.com, that, that is nec-se.com, chemical attack in Syria, who's to blame? That's from, uh, uh, April 6th from yesterday. Go ahead. Do we have you back, Mr. Sangari? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah no, no, we, we can't. Can. Okay. Good to go. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it was an attack that happened. It's unfortunate, but uh, at least uh, for us, it gave us an opportunity to hit the target that references back to the regime. Do you think that the this uh, strike, this tactical strike, 
was something that the administration had planned even before the chemical attack happened and was just looking for a reason to looking flex for a reason and a target, perhaps. Yeah. You know. It's, I don't look at it from a position where everything was planned to include this attack in order for us to be able to conduct this attack. I, what happened was, you know, Trump won the presidency. When he won, he came in and he basically told Putin that this is what I want to do. And part of uh, what we have to do coordination-wise uh, in Syria, because there's so many aircraft flying, on any given day you can have five different countries flying on their radar screen. Um, and... I don't know if your viewers are aware of this or not. Even North Korea has flown their aircrafts there for training purposes so their pilots can get some training, and that's a call that China made. Um, so, And the North Korean relationship with the Syrian government goes back to when North Korea was trying to sell nuclear technology to the Syrian government, which led to the attack by the Israeli forces against the Syrian nuclear facility in September 6th of 2007. Uh, and they were, uh, they've had this relationship was going back to even, uh, 2001, you know, for six years without Israel knowing that North Korea and uh, Syria were planning on building a nuclear facility in Syria itself. So all these things are tied. That's what we tried to teach link analysis in the region. Uh, the, the area was getting dangerous or ISIS was maneuvering towards Lebanon, which was going to destabilize Lebanon, which was going to force, as I had said last year on your show, possibly with uh, Israel maybe having to go back into southern Lebanon. Uh, all these factors tying into each other uh, would tell me that if I was the president or his advisor, I would say, sir, make sure you sit and tell President Putin with no uncertain terms that you have a plan for the region and what that plan is. And for us to go in and conduct a strike in Syria, one thing that you have to do on a technical level is that the friendly aircrafts have to be able to be identified based on their pingers. What does that mean? That means when I fly an American aircraft or if I fly a Russian aircraft, uh, U.S. systems and the Russian systems have to be able to identify those aircrafts. So that means that you have to have gotten to a point Maybe you exchange this information with the Russians giving it to us and us giving it to them for us to be able to de-conflict the battle space. So in that capacity, of course they had talked to each other. Of course they had uh, put out their uh, feelers out there. Now, uh, if you want to say that uh, when uh, Secretary of State Tolson came out and said that, you know, we're not going to do a regime change, and maybe it was a strike that was taking place by the uh uh, Syrian government, maybe he took the bait and decided to, you know, embolden himself by attacking his enemies using Syrian gas, and that's on him. Nobody told him to take the bait. If you do it, then you get, then, then you're not a good leader for your nation to begin with. Uh, so we're in a position now, at least if the change does take place, and it will take place, Russians and Iranians never wanted Assad in the place anyway. Uh, eventually when peace comes to Syria and all wars and on the peace table anyway, uh, what will happen is at least now U.S. has set the stage that they had a say in who should come in and rule over Syria in the future. So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it does. I guess uh, trying to analyze uh, more than, than what's necessary here. Um, so moving forward uh, in, into um, what, what happens from here, we know Russia is, has a very strong presence, as you just uh, described, the, the hunter um, what was it? The hunter, hunter killer, teams. hunter killer teams, and um, that we know that the number of cities have they've pushed ISIS back, and um, ISIS has, is coming from a weaker position. 
what what more do you think it will take uh, to to terminate ISIS in the region? To do what Donald Trump said is to to wipe out the radical Islamic terror. I know we can never really wipe it out, but at least uh, end the civil war. Do you see uh, the possibility now that even maybe the U.S. and Russia come together um, to to accomplish the the mission of of peace in Syria, or do you think this is going to drag out um, a lot longer? Uh, as I said, uh, all wars end up at the negotiation table at the end, um, regardless. World War One, World War Two, even World War Three, if it happens in the future, will end up at the negotiating tables one of these days. Uh, but um, I think this is a good first process because, uh, like I said, three weeks ago, I told you guys, I said, I have no clue what our plan is for Syria. As of yesterday, I know exactly what our plan is now, and I know that U.S. is not negotiating from a position of strength. Uh, because what that tactical strike did, it did not go after Syria. It, he, we weren't attacking Syria. We were attacking the Assad regime. If he wanted to attack Syria, we should have knocked out every single aircraft throughout the entire uh, area of operation um, and knocked out all their air bases. Uh, and I think that sent a pretty clear message to Russia that we're not here in Syria as a secondary on the negotiation tables. Now we are on the equal basis at the table as equal partners going forward in these negotiations. And now it gives an opportunity possibly to build towards a faster peaceful resolution because prior to that, what happened in homes with all the killing that took place, it was literally to eradicate the Sunni uh, majority and replace them with the Alawadis. And they were basically killing human beings to replace them with another sect. And that that is not something that we can uh, allow or let it happen within the new reset of what's going to happen in the region for the next 100 years. And this is a new Sykes-Pico, and U.S. and Russia are in charge of it before it used to be the French and the British 100 years ago. Colonel, if I can ask this in a broader sense, and uh, I just want to sit Thank you again for taking your time out for uh, for appearing with us because th- this is a this is an important subject that's on everyone's minds. But um, compare yourself where you are at, if you don't mind. Breitbart did an article on you, your the Assyrian army in dire need of, of course, military support from the United States. That was back on November 10th, 2015. Compare, compare yourself or your position from November 2015 to now, April 2017, if you don't mind, uh, both good and bad improvements and, uh, or, or whatever you might need for improvement in terms of help from the United States and from the American people. November 2015, we were holding the forward line of troops. We had uh, foreign fighters that were also within our ranks, all of them special capable uh, uh, units. We had individuals from Scotland, uh, France, um, uh, Australia, um, uh, Brazil, every every possible country you can imagine, and some countries that I cannot mention uh, because of uh, security reasons, but any country that you can imagine we've had. We had both males and females uh, working with the Assyrian Army ranks. We were holding a forward line of troops. Since then, you know, the foreign fighters haven't been there because what happened was after the Assyrian were playing got cleared, 
um, the Kurdish regional government did not allow any foreign fighters that were fighting with our type of a force to be in on the ground. I did not have authorization to risk those guys' lives because every time uh, an individual who's a volunteer gets killed, it puts a burden on U.S. systems, whether it be our special forces who would have to go retrieve them or our basically political systems have to deal with the issue. Uh, now, we pulled those individuals up. We've transitioned from being an army that you'll see on the battlefield a lot to a more of a um, unconventional warfare type of an army because right now I cannot even stand around various different checkpoints on a certain number of plane. If I do, they're going to kill me because everybody has plugged me in, both the Sunni Muslim Kurds know my location, the Shia know my location, the Sunni know my location. I'm guarding garbage. So uh, from that perspective, we transition our guys mostly off the battlefield, and in today's fight in the Surrey Nimit plane, you have to have three uniforms. One uniform must be a Kurdish Kashmirga uniform. Another one has to be an Iraqi Army uniform, and another one has to be an ISIS uniform if you want to mow around the battlefield. Uh, if you put anything that says I'm an Assyrian Christian, uh, Assyrian army fighter here, you're going to get shot. Uh, and it could be from any of the three individuals I just mentioned to you. Um, and we just got the word today that in uh, Karakush, which is an Assyrian village, uh, which was really untouched by ISIS because of all the efforts that we and other militias on the ground had done, and the Assyrian army in particular, um, the everybody who was captured during the clearing operations that was turned over to the Kurdish regional government uh, of being a ISIS fighter or supporter are being let go. They're not just being let go. They're being let go with money in their pockets. What does that do? That puts the ISIS guy who's been defeated on a battlefield back into the general public again as a catch-release program. Why is that happening? That's happening because the Kurdish regional government is taking steps now to try to, after the Mosul fight, separate and establish their own territory, Kurdistan, they call it. And part of what they want to have in that Kurdistan is what they've already designated, which is the Assyrian Nimit Plains, which is Assyrian homelands. And by releasing these guys into the system, not only are they agitating the Sunnis against the Shia, which you're going to see Shia and Sunnis killing each other again, possibly in these Assyrian villages. And it also affects the Christians by the fact that they cannot go back to their villages because there's no security. So when we say we're going to kill ISIS on a battlefield, as I said last time we were talking on the um, interview, I could have done that. You could have given me 500000 bucks. I could have probably taken all of a certain number plane today, and you would have had a, uh American footprint uh, with a uh, joint uh, uh, operations center with U.S. Special Forces sitting in the middle of a certain number plane. But nobody wanted to help at that time, and still they're hesitant to help the Assyrian Christians. Why? Because we're Assyrian Christians. Uh, we are not Sunni Muslim Kurds, we are not Sunni uh, Arabs, and we're not Shia Arabs. Uh, with that said, I think if you have an Assyrian footprint in their own historical nation, you have a ability to transition that entire region to bring it to a functional peace. The problem is, uh, all I could do is say that to the politicians. Uh, they don't consult with me when they make a decision to go support al-Nusra Front or give money to bad actors, or in this case, give money to individuals. Say, well, there's a different type of a, a Sunni Muslim than that guy. This one has 
females or in their multi ranks. These guys don't. Iran used to be a free nation. Uh, girls used to wear mini skirts in Iran. Take a look at it today. Uh, don't be surprised if one day your Kurdistan becomes a Iranian Islamic Republic as it is today. Those things happen. But if you give an opportunity to save these safe havens of these ethnic cities, whether it be the Assyrians or the Yazidis who are going through a genocide, you don't have to worry about ISIS melting into the public. I can go find a guy because I've lived with him. He's been my next door neighbor. We showed a video of a teacher whose house was burned by the same students who he taught and raised in school and kept in his house because they don't have a house to live in. Why did they burn his house? He was a Christian. They were Muslim. Arabs. Okay? But he raised them. He knows where they are. Look at it this way. Everybody in the projects of Chicago knows where the bad guys are, where the drug dealers are, where all the corrupt people are. Okay? How come the police in Chicago can't find them? Because nobody trusts the police. Okay? Nobody trusts the Kurdish, Sunni, Muslim Kurds to administer their area. Nobody trusts the Sunni Arabs to administer their area if they're not from his ethnicity, and nobody trusts the Shia Arabs to administer their area if they're not from his ethnicity or her ethnicity. So if you give the Assyrian an opportunity to, in this genocide, who have bled and established Iraq to hold their footprint, you have a partner that can fight for you. You don't have to go in and try to introduce U.S. Marines on the ground to do the fighting for you. You could just give them the support, and they'll tell you, stay out, we got it. And now you have another partner, just like you have Israel in the region. What else do you want for that region? Mr. Sengar, we only got about uh, 40 seconds left. I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight and, and shedding some light on the situation. Uh, tell folks how they can help you and where to find you. Uh, for us, if you support us through United Australian Appeal, again, United Australian Appeal, um, every dollar helps. And hopefully United States can step in, take over the mission, so we don't have to use United Australian Appeal to support the multifamilies. And we uh, we, we just got a, uh, some correspondence today saying uh, uh, here is $50 for United Assyrian Appeal. Interesting timing, I thought. Uh, Colonel, we are going to support you. We urge everyone out there to support you. A link will be in our program description. God bless you. Stay safe. Thanks for the explanation. What an incredible explanation. Thank you, guys. God bless. Thank you, sir. Have a great evening. We'll be right back with Dr. Ted Brewer after this. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Well, he was. I guess he's trying to make a point. So I guess if, if he did, if, if, that, if, if he was doing this for an extra minute. Ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. So thankful that you're joining us. Thank you so much for uh, joining us and, and uh, being part of our program. My goodness, it looks like I've got a fork sticking out of the back of my neck. What's that about? Huh? It's uh, just the way your your headpiece is sitting there. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've we've got a fantastic uh, program lineup for you, Doctor Ted Brower, HealthMasters.com. But but he's he's more than uh, Dr. Ted Brower, he analyzes. He analyzes the current geopolitical events. He's got a show on Global Star Radio Network before ours, after ours as well. It, uh, repeats after ours and he's got to listen, uh, listen in line as well. Dr. Ted Brower, visit healthmasters.com. And, and he's, he's a good friend of the program. By the way, he's got some excellent products. Of course, if you, if you're not taking a multiple supplement, multiple vitamin as a supplement right now, you, 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 you 
What's that? What's what's that? You got to okay. And uh, the best, of course, is from Health Masters Ultimate Multiple. We do. We take it here at the studio. Uh, we've got a. I mean, it's it's required. Everyone that enters the studio, Ultimate Multiple, and of course, he's got a brand a newer product. I shouldn't say brand new. That's a Cortisol Buster. Destresses you while uh, levels you levels you out. And uh, this is a great uh, great product, a great supplement, and other products as well. That's healthmasters.com. Dr. Ted Brower, and I just want to thank him for being a friend of the show and certainly knowledgeable about current geopolitical or current events in the uh, geopolitical realm. We've got some uh, news since you've been on. Dr. Ted Brower, what's going on? Well, hey, Doug, I, you know, it's interesting because, you know, there are a lot of different takes on what Trump has done as far as this attack in Syria. And from a strategic standpoint, if he's going to attack Syria, since this was the air base that was basically slated for destruction of the last chemical weapons attack, they never destroyed it. And he told everybody pretty much he was going to do it as a gesture of, hey, I've got some power here, I'm going to move on this. Okay, I got that. But as far as going into some type of protracted engagement into Syria and sending ground troops into there, I think it's going to be a horrible, horrible mistake. In fact, Senator Rand Paul, he opposed Trump for doing this whatsoever. And let me read a couple of articles real quick. He said that while we all condemned the atrocities in Syria, the United States was not attacked. The president needs congressional authorization for military action as required by the Constitution. And I call on him to come to Congress for proper debate, said Paul, who ran for the 2016 Republican nomination against Trump. What's interesting to me about all of this stuff is I always like to go into the esoteric part of this. You know, it was a 100 years to the day yesterday when we did this that we went into World War I. Did you know that, Doug? I saw that yesterday. Yeah, I did, actually. 1917. 100 years to the day. I mean, today, May, uh, uh, April the 6th, uh, 1917, and 100 years. You know what's interesting, so, Ted, is, uh, was it yesterday? Morning, I think it was eight o'clock in the morning. The History Channel ran a uh, an hour, an hour, two hour special on the chemical weapons uh, usage history in World War One, from flamethrowers to the chlorine gas attacks. I found it very informative. I, re- I really didn't know a lot about that, but uh, I don't know if they did that in response to what was in the news with the Syrian chemical attacks, or that's something they had planned. But it was uh, informative. Well, you know, this whole thing's interesting to me because remember, sarin nerve gas was developed in 1938 uh, by the Nazis. It was developed as a pesticide. And it's fluorine gas is what it is. The active component is fluorine. The same stuff they put in the water and the same stuff they put in your toothpaste, a different compound of fluorine, but nevertheless it's still the active component, which is fluorine, which is always toxic. And the interesting thing about this, this is a very strong biohazard. If you get it on your skin, it go up right up the nerve roots, and it'll cause paralysis within minutes and, and there's vomiting, et cetera. It's about 20, 30, 40 times more toxic than cyanide. It's really some poisonous stuff. And what was also interesting about this the Germans had stockpiled thousands of tons of this at the, during and beginning of World War II, and they never used any of it, which I always thought that was interesting. And, you know, Jim Mars, that's what Jim Mars also says. He has no idea how Germany lost World War II because they could have fluorine gassed the entire group of people coming in from the Atlantic and Normandy, and they could have just pretty much killed all those troops. But Hitler never released that. Also, we don't know if it was really fluorine gas that was used because the folks that were working with these children were using unprotected gear. They were using their bare hands. Some of them had masks on. Some of them didn't have masks on. They were picking up and messing with the bodies without the fluorine on them. Now, fluorine gas does have a very quick evaporation point, but just a few drops of fluorine gas like that, the liquid component of that, on your hand, uh, you're going to be dead within a few minutes. I mean, it's, it's that poisonous. 
And I found it interesting that there was no weapons inspection done over there. Nobody went over there to examine the corpses to see if they had indeed died of fluorine gas exposure, uh, you know, or sarin nerve gas, which we which we call it today. Uh, none of this. I mean, you know, we don't know if if if, if atrophine had been dispensed or used in that for the agent. We don't know. So what I'm saying is this. We don't know who in the world did this. Assad really wouldn't have any reason to do that. He was winning the Civil War. And the thing with Trump is this. The Treaty of Esfala, which is over 300 years, over 400 years ago now, it basically said that another nation can't enter into another, into a, into a nation civil war conflict. And which is exactly what we did yesterday. I mean, this is something that's going on between Assad, his rebels. Russia said it was a sarin gas, basically, um, you know, the depot there that had been hit that it exploded and caused all of this, but we don't even know if it was sarin gas. So a lot of things happen really, really quickly that I don't really care for. I think Trump should have been a little bit more careful before he starts sending in 59 Tomahawk cruise missiles. Now, mind you, they destroyed an old base, but they did kill some people. I mean, that's not good. But the air runways weren't damaged, which I thought was kind of interesting how that happened. And, you know, and we've got to go back to the beginning. Let's talk about this for a few minutes. Uh, Zeron Paul said that there was a zero chance that Assad was behind the chemical weapons attack in Syria. And basically what he said is that he has absolutely no reason to have done this. It doesn't make any sense for Assad under these conditions to have all of a sudden used poison gas. I think there's a zero chance that he would have done this deliberately. It looks like somebody maybe didn't like what was going on over there, so there had to be an episode. In fact, he's basically saying it's a false flag. It's the neoconservatives who are benefiting tremendously from this because it derailed the process that had already been moving forward on a peaceful settlement in Syria. This is what Ron Paul said about what happened. Uh, something is not adding up to the sarin gas. Another article says that in one picture, the white hats helmets were handling the corpses of dead people without sufficient safety gear, most particularly with the masks would masks mostly used and not no as no gloves. Within seconds of exposure to sarin, the effects of the gas begin to target the muscle and nervous system. And this is always also does the topical. You don't have to inhale it. There's almost an immediate release of the bowels and bladder, which we didn't see that. We saw some types of uh, people that were having you know were having seizures, but we don't know exactly what they were dying of, Doug. Uh, yeah, and Ted, I, number one, I, I agree with you. And, and everything I, I looked at, I don't trust one bit of footage, any footage that we nope. see on the nope. mainstream media. I don't trust nope. any of that. Nope. Nope. And, and you're absolutely correct that they lack the biohazard suits, the gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric the tech was just saying, you know, what about that, that uh, video that we all have seen of the hose yeah. hosing off of the child? And not to mention that the, the hero doctor, Shajul Islam, is facing terrorism charges for kidnapping and torturing two British journalists, and then had his medical license pulled. He's being promoted as the hero, you know, hero doctor, hero. who has time to give you know mainstream media uh, interviews while treating these these patients, and that's very suspicious as well. Yeah, so you're you're 100 percent right. I, I think what we're looking at here, the the phrase false flag. Ted, I, I think is an interesting phrase, but perhaps wag the dog might might be more applicable here. Well, I mean, if you know, if, if the USS Cole wasn't in the history books, you know, and all the stuff that's happened over there, you know, and with, with, with the whole mess that happened with, you know, all over the world already with these false flags, I mean, you know, was it the Cole? Was it the Cole that was the Gulf of the Gulf of Tonka? The Gulf of Tonka. What was the ship on the Gulf of Tonka that got attacked supposedly? Doug, do you remember the Liberty? The Liberty, yeah. Okay. And because I think the Cole was the one they used for the. Um, the Cole was in '99 in Yemen. That's right. And so, and so we have all of these crazy things happening on an ongoing basis. And the sad part about it is, is that, 
you know, we need to start, before we start sending in missiles to, to bomb countries, we just kind of need to think through this. I mean, we hired Trump as the peace president. I mean, he told us he didn't want to attack Syria, he didn't want to attack Assad. In fact, it was just a few years. I mean, let me read you, I'll, I'll read you his own quote that he said. He said, uh, which, which I think is, is interesting, because you know, he said just a few years ago that if Obama attacked Syria, it would engage us in another war in the Middle East, another useless war that we've made, having no benefit from whatsoever, and that, you know, it was just going to be a big, big, big mess. And now he turns around and he does this, but of course, here, I've got the exact quote. Uh, just say no. This is a, this is an article by Paul Joseph Watson, by the way, who's excellent. He said, just say no, Trump being pressured by neocons to attack Syria. He goes, while the president now reportedly considered military action in Syria, which now we know, we know he did. Donald Trump needs to take his own advice from four years ago when he ran a series of tweets when Trump warned Obama about the insanity of attempting to topple yet another Middle Eastern country with Assad before the chemical attacks even had been investigated and with previous incidents having been carried out by jihadist rebels, Trump is signaling that it may be about to embroil the U.S. into another potential Middle Eastern quagmire. President Trump has told some members of Congress that he is considering military action and serious retaliation. This completely contradicts Trump's attitude towards Syria just four years ago, faced with the exact same situation. Barack Obama seemed to be on the verge of attempting regime change. And then on September the 5th, 2013, all caps, Trump yelled again to our very foolish leader, do not attack Syria. If you do, very bad things will happen. And from that, the U.S. gets nothing. And then he said again, don't attack Syria an attack that will bring nothing but trouble for the U.S., focus on making our country strong again and great again. This is what Trump was saying three or four years ago. You see the article here from Paul Joseph Watson. I'm not you know, making this stuff. You guys can look it up. And so I don't understand what the great change of thing was with this. I know Bannon left. I also know that Kushner went to the Middle East just this past week and went with the, joint chief, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and who knows why. The problem I have with Kushner, and I've mentioned him on the show before, and now a lot of other people are always talking to, about him, is that he basically is a Democrat. And, I mean, he's given huge amounts of money uh, to Democratic functions. His father was put in prison, as we know, by Governor Christie when he was still a prosecutor in New Jersey. And, and that's what kind of a payback was when, you know, when, when Kushner was put into the Trump administration and, and Christie was, they had thought about bringing him in as a uh, you look this up as a vice presidential candidate, and they also and the news basically carried there was going to be a payback that Kushner had pretty much stopped the, the nomination or the vice presidency of, of, of Governor Christie. Now, whether there are other factors involved, I'm sure there were, but there's been a lot of bad blood there going on between these two families already because you know Christie's the one who put Kushner's dad in prison. So it's it's kind of crazy when you stop and you look at what's going on with Kushner being a member of Shabad. And we know that Shabbat has been linked. That's a Jewish sect. And we know that they've been linked to the Mossad. And now we see that Kushner, who's an unelected official, Doug, I'm not even sure what type of vetting he's gone through as far as security clearances. I mean, who in the world knows? I mean, he's the son-in-law of Trump. And, you know, why in the world he's an unelected official? You know, and I'm not, I'm not saying he's not competent. I'm just saying there's a lot of questionable things going on with his background with George Soros, that $259 million loan for cadre developments. You know, we talked on this on your show, I think, five or six weeks ago, and it's just getting more and more, and I'm seeing more and more people starting to question why Kushner's in the White House and why he's involved in all of this stuff. In fact, Les Estradahan said the I said the ideological coup by Kushner linked Goldman Sachs, globalist, is destroying the Trump White House. He goes on to say, after WikiLeaks revelations, that Citigroup attacked Obama's cabinet, 
it appears that Trump administration is coming to the same globalism from a different bank. And all this, again, is Goldman Sachs. Weeks after the Daily Mail exposed an internal struggle between Kushner-linked Goldman Sachs operatives and Trump advisor Steve Bannon, it's become clear that an ideological group led by the globalist bankers is well underway, claiming populist Steve Bannon as their latest victim. This ties with Roger Stone's warning that Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, has been linking anti-Bannon information to MSNBC Joe Scarborough. Well, it appears the Goldman Sachs globalists have won for now. Wednesday evening, former Breitbart lead investigator reporter Stranahan dropped an insightful Periscope video in which he laid out exactly what's going on at the White House, pointing out who's running the show and imploring the people to simply research the players for themselves. In a nutshell, weeks after meeting with Goldman Sachs CEO Lloyd Blankfein at the Four Seasons Bar in D.C., Jared Kushner, friendly Goldman alums, have successfully maneuvered Trump's top senior advisor, Steve Bannon, off the National Security Council, further strengthening the globalist cabal's influence over Donald Trump Jared Kushner, should be pointed out, has a well-documented history of donating to Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, Chuck Schumer, and Robert Mendez. And he goes on to say, let's look at the other ex-Goldman operators within Trump's White House. Gary Cohn, recently Goldman's number two, is Trump's chief economic advisor who was granted an unprecedented accelerated payout of $285 million in order to work at the White House. Diana Habib Powell, another top Goldman alum and former president of the Goldman Sachs Foundation, promoted Deputy National Security Advisor on March the 15th. Instead of draining the swamp, according to this author, alums like Colin Powell and Treasury Secretary Munchen are also from Goldman Sachs. He's basically, they are the swamp. So I want to know if Goldman Sachs has taken over. This author is asking the same thing here. Has Goldman Sachs taken over because we've never voted for the folks from Goldman Sachs and suddenly... They're all over the White House. And what's also interesting, we have to understand, Doug, and we've done shows with you on this, you know, we have to look at, we have to look back at the Balfour Declaration. We have to look at who runs Israel. We have, to, we realize that the international banking cartel, the Rothschilds, are the ones who wanted Israel as a nation state. We also know that Israel's primarily just a fiefdom of the Rothschild Empire. We know that. And we also know that the Rothschilds control almost every central bank in the world. We know that. We know Israel's been very, very how should I say, aggressive in the Middle East as far as ensuring its own border security. In fact, here's an article that was written by the New York Times. It's interesting. It says, Israel, not Hezbollah in Lebanon or Hamas in Gaza, nor the government of President Assad in Syria is provoking the next war, saying Israel is. Counterintuitive though it may be to Israel and most Western minds, Israel is not, not its militant Islamic or brutal Syrian en- enemies is the aggressor of these border wars. This is from the New York Times. And it says the Times has more interesting to say. It says Israel is continually attacking Syria, at times killing Syrians and Hezbollah members, even though they're not attacking Israel. They don't care, they don't dare bomb Israel because the weapons, weapons, they don't dare bomb Israeli weapons depots or go after Israel and Israeli military figures because Israel is far too strong for that. So we've got some crazy things going on since we know that the, that the Goldman Sachs pretty much owns or is owned by the Rothschild banking cartel because they're part of the Federal Reserve system. And we now know that basically Israel is a fiefdom of the Rothschild Empire through the Balfour Declaration, which just do your own history on that. I'm not being mean or anything, just what it is. We now know that Israel's calling a lot of shots in the global, and now even the New York Times is calling this out. We need to take a closer look at this and see how much the international bankers are actually involved in this, because we didn't put Donald Trump in for him to allow international banking to come back in and run the White House like it did under Bush, under Clinton, 
under all these other presidents, under Obama, under Obama, it's kind of nuts. This yeah, but every war is a banker war, Ted. I mean, yeah, I know, but but, no, but nobody wants to talk about this stuff. Everybody yeah. just wants to talk about well, how many bombs did they drop or how many missiles did they send in? We have to ask ourselves a question: Why is this happening? Who's in charge of this? You know, are these Sabbatean Kabbalists that are involved in all of this Luciferian worship and this child sacrifice and pedophilia? Are they the ones involved in this? Are they the ones that are still in charge? I mean, how much of this does Trump know? How much of this Trump is, is Trump is willing to work with? And how much of it is he trying to do as far as changing our country itself? Because getting ourselves into another protracted war in Syria or in the Middle East doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I mean, when Trump came into office, and I'm still supporting Trump, and I heavily supported Trump. You know, it was, you know, everybody wanted him to lock up Hillary. I haven't seen any progress, progress on that. I don't know what's going on with the pedogate in Washington. I know 1,500 pedophiles have been arrested around the United States since he took power. I understand that. But, I mean, we don't see a border wall, which we kind of really don't need anyhow. We need to have some troops there and surveil it by drones. We know, do know that the uh, illegal immigration is down because of basically people are scared to come to the United States. But it's like Ron Paul said, if you really want to stop the illegals from coming into the United States, stop giving them free stuff when they get here. That's right. How about the, how about the, how about, how about the getting rid of the Johnson Amendment, Doug? I haven't seen yes. anything like that from, I mean, this, there's a lot of things that just simply aren't happening. And maybe a lot of us who are patriots are just waiting or hoping he's doing things more quickly than he's going to do. Cause you know, he has four years in the White House to try to get some of these agendas done. But the problem is, you know, some of these things are pretty deal, pretty big deals as far as going out attacking other East, Middle Eastern countries when we basically elected him not to do this again and not to now the Pentagon is saying they're not going to tell us what the troop strength is in Syria and they're not going to give those numbers out anymore. I mean, I don't understand any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't know, Doug. Maybe you can help me with it. Well, it, no, and I, I think you are correct. First of all, we we are attempting to get at the truth. It, it doesn't matter. Donald Trump. I mean, it, it, we elected Donald Trump. He's in office. Well, l- l- let me reverse the course on this and ask you a question. Given the circumstances, let's say Obama was still in the White House this week, up to uh, up to noon yesterday, we'll say. What do you think his response would have been to that chemical weapons attack, if anything? Or what do you think? Where do you think we would have been? Well, we already saw we already saw what he did with Libya. I mean, we we, we have to go by what he's already done. We have right. to already look at what happened in Egypt. I mean, we've got to look at all this all this disaster that he caused. I'm sure he probably would have done the same thing if he hadn't sent troops in. I mean, Hillary exactly. would have already Hillary would already had probably ten thousand troops over there. You know, I mean, so I think Trump's trying to do some type of you know mitigated response. I think he's trying to you know not go completely berserk. That's why he told pretty much everybody he was fixing to bomb that airbase, get everybody out of there, so he'd have much lower casualties. But the reality is this. Is he just flexing his muscles to show that he's willing to do that? Maybe so. Okay. If he's willing to do that, okay, but they still had people die over there and he still attacked the foreign country, which is directly against the Treaty of West Vestfala. He did not go to, he did not go to Congress to get the authority to do this. And the problem is we've had all of these, I mean, why, why is this? Why is, why do all of these people, we got Bush, we've got Clinton, we've got Bush, we've got Obama, and now we've got Trump bombing the Middle East. Really? I mean, does everybody have to bomb the Middle East? And that's the reason we're creating all these refugees and these crises, because we keep bombing Syria, keep bombing all these places in the Middle East. They're all flooding into Europe, which, of course, is what the globalist plan is, is to basically dilute the population in Europe and to bring it into a Muslim caliphate to pretty much get rid of nationalism. 
And that's exactly what their plan is as far as bringing them in the United States to loot the patriots in the United States and hope, hopefully create a civil war over here for martial law. That's what I believe their plan is, not to mention the population agenda that they're involved in, Doug, yep. with the chemtrails, yep. with the fluoride. I mean, remember, sarin gas is fluoride. It's fluorine gas. They're putting fluoride on our food. They're putting fluoride in our – I mean, Prozac is fluoride, for heaven's sakes. I've talked about it on the show before. Yep. I mean, all of these things – are going on right now, but there's nothing to see here. Let's just kind of move everything over here, and let's let's just send it a bunch of missiles. But now, what it has done, you know, now the now the mainstream media has stopped attacking Trump the last few days, and they're saying, oh, he's doing strong things, he's doing this and that. Well, they're controlled by the gold globalists too, and they're controlled by Goldman Sachs too, because remember, the Fed, the Federal Reserve Bank, printed tens of trillions of dollars in off book balance sheets and proceeded to buy up almost the entire Fortune 500 corporation, you know, where they're with their, you know, through interlocking corporate directorships and what they did as far as stock purchases. I mean, we saw all of this happen in the last 10 or 12 years. Now, the nuttiest part about this is that Trump is putting someone into now into the FDA. His name is, um, oh gosh, his name is uh, Gottlieb. And he, was, he, he used to work for all these major pharmaceutical corporations, and now he's got ties to like 20 different ones, in which he promotes their products and their drugs all over the place, and he's got millions of dollars of speaking fees from who he's spoken for with these corporations promoting the drugs. Now, we're talking all kinds of drugs. We're talking statin drugs, which cause people to get unbelievably stupid. They're not even necessary. They cause heart disease. They cause diabetes. They cause cancer. They cause hardening of the arteries. Statin disease, statin drugs are one of the worst drugs you can put in your body. So we've got a guy who promotes all of these drugs. Now he's going to be head of the Food and Drug Administration. Really? Really? I mean, this is, he was an investment banker, analyst, a star before he went into medical school. I mean, these are the guys that Trump's surrounding himself with, Doug, and so we have to ask ourselves a question, why? Now, I'm not throwing the towel in with Trump. I'm still in his corner. I'm still saying, okay, all right. Now, if he starts running huge amounts of troops into the Middle East, causing more and more chaos and, you know, over there, I'm going to have a hard time supporting the guy because, you know, I told everybody when we were supporting him back in the fall, if he decides to start doing crazy things like the rest of these guys have done, I'm no longer going to say I'm endorsing Donald Trump. I'm going to start talking about him as the way, the way we talked about it, Hillary, Obama, and the rest of them. I just want to know, really, why Kushner, who is a member of Shabbat and has donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to Shabbat, which is a known Mossad front, is in the White House with him, what type of vetting was done to ensure that he was okay with, with his security clearances and why he's going with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff into the Middle East last week. None of that makes any sense. And immediately thereafter, we have a gas attack. None of this stuff makes any sense. And I'm just asking questions. I'm not saying I'm not drawing any conclusions on any of this stuff. All I'm saying is that we've got one of the top FDA drug insiders about to become head of the FDA. He already worked with the FDA under George Bush. I have to see a lot of the Kennedy, when Kennedy was put in to take care of the vaccines and try to do a big investigation on vaccines, many of his lectures now have been canceled and have been basically scrapped that he was doing, trying to show people what's going on. And just in the meantime, we'll need to say this real quick. Everybody needs to order a copy, 10 bucks or whatever, of the movie Vax, the V-A-X-X-E-D. It's available online now, and everybody needs to see that. And if you understand what Kennedy's trying to do, you'll understand it even more effectively and efficiently, and understand it a lot better from an emotional standpoint if you watch the movie, watch that movie Vax. It's critical that you guys see it. But all I'm doing is this, with your audience, this with my audience, every day when I do my show from 3 to 4 live, and it appears every night with you guys after your show on, day, on, on Global Star, it appears, if you're on Global Star right now, it appears, it just let's continue listening, it comes on next. And here's what I've learned is this. I like to ask a lot of questions. I don't try to draw conclusions. It's kind of like practicing, or it's kind of like preaching morality. I try not to preach morality anymore, though I do it every once in a while. I try to preach consequences. 
And the consequences of attacking another Middle Eastern country are bad. There's nothing, there is no upside as far as I'm concerned to doing any of this. I thought we were bringing troops home. But remember, a lot of this has to do, and we talked about it in detail today, with in, in 2009 when Assad was asked to run that Qatar pipeline through his country, through Turkey, into Europe. And he said no. And right after that, if you go to Wikipedia, it'll tell you this. The CIA started destabilizing Assad's country and blaming him of all these atrocities. I believe the guy's just another victim of another regime change by our CIA, which in its own way is bringing in hundreds of billions, if not a trillion dollars worth of heroin out of Afghanistan every year. You know, on their thousand air, a thousand military bases around the country, they use as lily pads to hop their planes around to transfer the drugs, the guns, the children, and the human, and the organs. I mean, this is some crazy stuff that's going on all over the world, including the money laundering that's taking place. And so we've got this entire deep state that seems to be running everything right now in Washington, D.C. And remember I said, Doug, on your show months ago, I said, we'll know if Trump's really in charge. If, when he gets in the office, the chemtrail stops, the geoengineering stops, and they stop spraying us like we're a bunch of lab rats, if they stop spraying us with all these things, who knows what, and we've talked about it in detail with Morgellons, we've talked about the barium, we've talked about the aluminum, we've talked about the strontium, how it ties into our central nervous system, how from our central nervous system, it basically incorporates itself in as a rewrite unit with piezoelectric crystals, which are basically uplink transformers to transfer our energy field, our thoughts and our emotions into this giant D-wave computer they're trying to tie us all together with, with the G5, with the, with the, with the, with the, uh, the five series cell phone towers are going to be putting up. I mean, yeah, and now we know that, we, yep. we, yeah, the 5G, and, and Doug, we know, they don't even know how this thing works, this D-Wave computer. They say it's like standing at the altar of an alien god, and it ties into an interdimensional interface, and I'm, I, my response is, what? I mean, how does that even work? And so, they, so all these crazy things are happening right now, because we know that we've given control of our government over the politicians. We know That's that... Right. Uh, Tony, we know that. We're okay. right up against the break, folks. We're talking with Dr. Ted Brewer, healthmasters.com is the website. Um, What's it? Hagman ten is the is the code. Doug ten. Doug ten. Doug ten. Hey, and we'll talk about that more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. But what Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right? You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. 
Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an M.O.K. For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. This edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, tonight we're joined by Dr. Ted Brewer of HealthMasters.com, and um, we're going to get right back into uh, what we're talking about with Ted. We were talking about uh, in the first segment with uh, Colonel Sangari about what the latest developments in Syria, and then we um, uh, Ted joined us in the segment number two, and we we're continuing to talk about it. And Ted, I I agree with uh, a lot of what you said about the Syrian gas attack. I think there's a lot of questions that need to be asked. It seemed to be an opportune time for these globalists, um, for the interventionalists to come come in. And there's a lot of questions that are not being answered and a lot of rush to judgment without evidence. Yeah, you know, it seems very suspect. So, and, and Ted, I think all we have to do is is put the evidence out there, the facts out there. And it's interesting how the the corporate media puts the, the facts with the spin if we just put the facts out there. And I believe people are waking up. It, it, the the last bastion of truth, I believe, of course, is the independent media. We use, uh, th- thankfully, Global Star Radio Network to get the truth out there, BTR, uh, YouTube, but they're coming after those. So, you know, and and I would really disadvise, disincentivize anyone from listening or believing. Um, without doing their own research, what CNN, MSNBC, or, or even what Fox says, uh, do your own research, come to your own conclusions. And, and, and Ted brings a lot of facts to the table. Before we get back to Ted, I want to mention WholeTonesLive.com. You know, in these times of strife, one thing I like to do, I like to 
why my racing mind with music and this music frequency works. I got to tell you, Dr. Ted Brower had talked about frequencies and healthmasters.com, uh, our, our guest tonight, uh, with, with Dr. Ted Brower, he's got so many wonderful products, nutritional supplements. But one thing that, uh, I like to supplement in my life is music that is effective. Music is one of life's greatest pleasures. It's got tremendous power, the power to bring a tear to the eye or quiet the racing mind. It's also got the power to heal, and it's been used for the ages to treat things like depression, to create energy, induce sleep, relieve chronic pain, reduce stress, and even cure diseases. Now, musician and author Michael Terrell. He, he was on our program not too long ago. He's created Whole Tones, the Healing Frequency Music Projects. These frequencies were studied in the music of King David and believed to have astounding healing effects. Now you can benefit folks from this revitalizing healing music therapy simply by listening daily to this music in the comfort of your own home, in your own car, in your own office like we do, in the studio like we do. You know, we're already into April. It's time. It's time, if you haven't done so already this year, reward yourself with the gift of healing and transformation. Don't miss this opportunity to get an absolutely free sample of this music so you can begin benefiting right away. Folks, support this show. Go to WholeTonesLive.com. Get a free sample of these soothing, relaxing, revitalizing musical tones. Go to WholeTonesLive.com today. I'm going to spell that. W-H-O-L-E-T-O-N-E-S WholeTonesLive.com That's WholeTonesLive.com for your free sample and especially for the Hagman and the Hagman listeners. Again, our guest is Dr. Ted Brower, HealthMasters.com. What a great combo, by the way. The, the, uh, his nutritional supplements and uh, the uh, power of music. I believe it's a it's a great match. Dr. Ted, back to you, sir. No, thanks. By the way, the coupon code tonight is Doug10. 10% off select products, including the uh, products we get in one three-pack specials. Our number one selling product of all time. In fact, it's our number one product, the uh, HGH Stimulate. This product is phenomenal. It helps to stabilize blood pressure. It also helps to increase human growth hormone when you use it, especially when you work out from your pituitary gland. And it's like, kind of like a natural Viagra in men, which is probably why we have such a huge response on it. And uh, I take two scoops of it every single day. It's amazing what it does and how it works. We've had it for a long time, and it still remains to this day. Like, it has like a 97% reorder on it because of the ability of what it does. Uh, we also have the Cortisol Buster on part of that Doug 10 coupon. You can order all these independently if you'd like. This has three adaptogenic herbs. We talked about it a few months ago, and it helps to calm you down helps get the anxiety down. I took it again today. I use it all the time, especially with what's going on over the Middle East right now, because we got to remember, it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. But, guys, it's a lot easier sometimes to keep the cortisol down and keep ourselves relaxed and allow the spirit to work through us. When you get so uptight about stuff, it's very difficult to do it. And, and then one more product we have is the Muscle Blast. That we had some pictures taken a few weeks ago. I'm going to have to get a copy of one of them to show it to you. Uh, Sharon has a picture. She just choked it up, and she does a little bicep shot like that, my wife. And she has absolutely no loose skin or flab on her upper arms in the back. I have to show you the picture. It's pretty impressive, actually. I'll try to get a picture for the next – well, I can't get it all to you tonight. I'll show you the next time I'm in. And she's going to talk about this in a few minutes. Now, Sharon will be on with you guys in about 25 minutes. That's I want to go good. ahead and talk about the segment. But it's, it's a Doug, so the coupon is, is, is uh, Doug10, D-O-U-G-10. 
and those products are ten percent off. You know, for, I think for the next and, four, and the cortisol buster, uh, Ted. Just to be clear, because I've taken that, and it's mm-hmm. almost like um, it would be taking something like a sedative almost. It calms you, and this is the effect it has on me. It, 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 it if. For example, if I think of yourself like you, you maybe drank one too many cups of coffee. Well, you take, um, by taking cortisol buster, it, it, it takes the edge off, so to speak, but it doesn't, it, it does nothing except enhance your mental acuity. That's right. It does. It makes you extremely focused and sharp and right. relaxed. It's pretty amazing what it does. I would have loved to have had that particular product back in college when I was taking all those crazy exams in graduate school and undergraduate and all that chemistry classes I took especially in that biochemical genetics class that I spent 400 hours in the laboratory in one semester. I would love to have had that product just to help me get through all of that. So for students, for folks that are going through stress financially or going through stress with their marriages or stress with their kids or whatever it is, it really helps a lot. But let me go back to what we were talking about earlier. What happens is we have given our authority to our politicians, who now we know Robert David Seale has said it, and I already knew this needed too, Doug, Probably over 50, 60% of the politicians have been compromised either through pedophilia, through drugs, through alcohol, or through prostitution. And we know that Epstein had a big hotel up there and up in New York City and a lot of them in the, the DC, I think the DC up in New York. And they were actually filming a lot of these people, these politicians coming in, doing their illicit deeds. And now they're using those particular things to blackmail these politicians. So we've given our authority to the politicians that are basically compromised. The Rothschild banking cartel has because of what they've done with all of this funding of everything that's been involved in all of this stuff. You kind of dig under every rock, you find these guys. And then what's happened is you take that, and we've given that to They've given our, our Congress has given it to the military. Trump has kind of given the Pentagon more powers act now to kind of do as move as they want, which I think is absolutely nuts. I mean, that should never have been given to them. In addition to that, we've and the military has turned it over to a satanic organization, the CIA. We know that. They've turned it over to the black magicians and the wizards and the satanic people that do all the crazy stuff, and they're trying to tie us into a D-wave computer. And I'm not talking about, you know, pulling a rabbit hat out of the hat. That's not the kind of wizards I'm talking about. I'm talking about the real wizards. It's kind of like if you look in the book of Genesis and you read when Moses sat there and he took his staff and he threw it down, and the pharaohs then did the same thing. They threw their staffs down, and they turned into snakes also, if you remember that. What Christians try to remind, try to talk about on this is that Moses' staff ate the other magicians' staffs, which it did. But the point is, they still turned a piece of wood into a snake. That's the kind of wizard stuff that I'm talking about, the druidic stuff, the stuff that was taught to these people by the fallen angels that was carried down through the lineage and taught to the children of Israel while they were in Egypt. I mean, this is some crazy stuff, and a lot of the same group, the same sect, continue to worship Lucifer. They are not really following God or Yahweh or, at that point, or they're, they're for worshiping the fallen angels, which is where the Kabbalah stuff has come from way in the past. I mean, if you think about it, in the book of John, when these guys were trying to crucify Jesus, they said they were the children of Abraham. He says, no, you're not. You're the children of Lucifer. And he goes on to say that in the book of Revelation, you're the synagogue of Satan. And so, guys, these are masquerades. They're masquerading as something that they're not. And that's what we have to always understand. And we always and I tell people this, and I've said it on your show a hundred times. This isn't a Jewish thing. This isn't a Christian thing. This isn't a Muslim thing or an Indian thing or any kind of thing as far as these groups that are doing this. It's a satanic thing. 
is a group of people that are all involved in this satanic conspiracy, if you want to call it, this new world order that's going to try to bring in a kingdom of Lucifer. And that's what this whole thing's about. And when we try, when they start to do all these crazy things like send in missiles or do this or do that, they're trying to distract from the fact of who and what these people are and what they do. The more they can get you talking about what happened in Syria, the less you're going to talk about Pedalgate. Unless you're going to talk about the pedophile problem we've got in Washington, D.C. Unless you're going to talk about the soul cooking that happened with Podesta right before the emails were released, right before the election. Nobody wants to talk about all this stuff because now we have something new in the news because that's what is called news. It's new. That's what we have to understand is that they're going to constantly obfuscate the news. They're going to use that. Remember that Sabbatean Kabbalist, you know, Freud and his cousin, cousin Bernays. We talked about it in detail. Both of these guys were Luciferian worshippers. That's why Freud was so obsessed with anal gratification. Bunch of sickos. And the problem is, these guys are the ones that are advertising, doing the TV, doing the flicker rate, and programming you. And this is what's going on all the time with the iPhones, what's going on with the TV sets, what's going on with the video games. All of this stuff is designed to put you into a theta or an alpha brainwave state to make you suggestible. So you can, they can tell you what to do and what to believe. That's what the mainstream media does all of the time. That's why I very rarely ever watch TV, and I very rarely ever watch the news because it's all a bunch of lies, and they're trying to do it with the tones they use, the colors they use, the cadence they use, the flicker rates they use. All of it is to make you believe this sorcery, this veil they put around the eyes of the unbeliever, the Bible calls it, so they will not see the truth and be set free. That's the whole thing they're trying to do, and they don't want to break the veil or break this sorcery. Remember, guys, Syria... His allies with Russia. Russia does not want a gas pipeline going through Turkey going to cut into their fuel revenue because all of the gas going through Syria, if it comes out of Qatar, will be bought in petrodollars. Always remember this. It's all about the money with these Sabbatean cabals because they own the Federal Reserve Bank. And that's these guys that are running this entire show over there in the Middle East. And they don't want Syria to stop this pipeline. They don't want Trump to stop the pipeline. They want Assad to be overthrown. Now the Trump regime is saying that they're going to go ahead and get rid of Assad, which to me is insane. See what happened with Iraq. We got rid of him. What happened with Gaddafi? Every time we take one of these leaders out, we have all kinds of instability. I remember years ago I was talking to Colin Powell, and I was asking him about the and what happened because and I'm not joking. Okay, I'm not. This is not a joke. I really do know Colin Powell, and I knew the late General Schwarzkopf, and he West and rest in peace. I've done many seminars with him, and I asked him. I said, you know, Mr. Powell, General Powell, why in the world did we not? take out, you know, Saddam Hussein in Iraq because, Ted, it would have created much instability in the Middle East. We didn't want to do that because we didn't want to destroy what we couldn't fix, and so we didn't want to leave a bigger power vacuum there than we already had before in all these other countries that we had gone into, so we didn't want to mess with it. I asked Schwarzkopf. Schwarzkopf said the same thing, that they basically were told they couldn't do this, they couldn't go after Saddam because George, George Sr. told them not to, because they want the power struggle over in the Middle East. Later, Schwarzkopf said that he'd made a mistake, and he wishes he had taken out Saddam Hussein. But we all know that Saddam Hussein had nothing to do with 9-11. So these are the guys that were involved in all of this stuff, and I knew them personally back in the 90s from about 93 to 99. I, I spent a lot of time with these guys. And the sad part about it is, is that, you know, sooner or later, if you get into Congress long enough, it seems like everybody gets compromised up there, Doug. I mean, look what they did to Colin Powell about his uranium cubes and all the other things they did to get the weapons of mass destruction to justify the war against Iraq. By the way, Bannon refers to Jared Kushner as a globalist. According to the Daily Beast, the war brewing between Trump's lifelong Democrat son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and C. Bannon has reached a fever pitch. 
<laughs> and, and, and of course, well, now we know the ban is gone. You know, <laughs> Christian won. Bannon is gone. He's out. Now, here's another one. Report Bannon threatened to resign over clashes with McMaster, Kushner, and Ivanka. I mean, why in the world is the son-in-law, who's a Shabbat member, you guys can look that up, Henry McCow wrote a very good article on who and what Shabbat is and how they've been tied to organized crime, gun running, money laundering, etc., and they work with the Mossad all the time. Why is this guy who's part of the Shabbat involved in our White House? Paul Craig Roberts says that nuclear war is much more likely now in a dangerous world that Putin will never trust America. That's an interesting article by Tyler Durden. And it's in the, Durden said something interesting in this, Doug. He says, don't be fooled by appearances. President Trump is only a war with the deep state on one level. On another, the deep state is already running everything when it comes to foreign policy, economics, politics, and the mainstream narrative of the media. This is meant to set the sink and the headlines, the clocks and the consumer habits around the world. They are firmly in control. And he goes on to say, after a dubious chemical attack in Syria to stir the plot, the pot, the White House did not even use gloves in picking up and touching the already contaminated children with fluorine. It is clear that war could erupt overnight with any number of Middle Eastern enemies or with North Korea, Russia, or just about anyone else. And, you know, Gerald Valenti has said repeatedly that when all else fails, they take you to war. And here's another article. This is interesting. This is from uh, Christina Wong from Breitbart. She goes, Trump authorized the bombing of Syria, airbase, the neocons are firmly back in control, which I agree with that. If it, and, and I'm probably going to say one more thing. They probably never were out of control. And she has, and let me share some things that Trump said in his speech last night. He says, using a deadly nerve agent, Assad choked out the lives of helpless men, women, and children. This is Trump's speech. He doesn't know Assad did this. This is crazy. This is amazing. A slow and brutal death for, and he doesn't even know if it was, if it was sarin gas. Slow and brutal death for so many beautiful babies, cruelly murdered, this very barbaric act. No child of God should suffer such horror. Then Trump goes on to say, there can be no dispute that Syria used banned chemical weapons, violated its obligations under the Chemical Weapons Convention, and ignored the urging of the UN Treaty. Remember Judge DePoliano said a few weeks ago when Trump, when Fox kicked him off for like the fourth time, now he's back on again that the CIA is monitoring what information that Trump gets and they can give him what they want and make him believe what they want by giving him false intel, which we saw that already with Iraq. Then he goes on to say in the speech, tonight I call on all civilized nations to join in seeking to end the slaughter and bloodshed in Syria and also an end to the terrorism, all kinds and all types. So that means we're going to continue to carry the war on terror all over the world. And then he says something interesting again, because he knows he's talking to the Christian right who helped vote him in. Now, I'm just being very honest with you guys. We ask for God's wisdom, which is nice, as we face the challenge of our very troubled world. We pray for the lives of the wounded and for the souls of those who have passed, and we hope that as long as America stands for justice, that peace and harmony will, in the end, prevail. Good night, and God bless America and the entire world. Thank you. Now, that part was very, very nice, but remember... And I'm going to say something else, Doug, and this is really, really important that I get this out right, because I'm not going to name any names. I know uh, News with Views, they, were, they, they censored Chuck Baldwin a few weeks ago and wouldn't let him talk about what he was talking about in certain areas. Then he, then somebody came back and they posted a horrible article about him that, that apparently Chuck issued another article back. I'm not into the censored views stuff. I'm not into any of that stuff. I'm into just telling you guys the truth. But here's what we have to see. 
Now, think with me for just a second on this, all of you, please, because you guys are the most brilliant audience I ever get to speak to. Think through this. We have a candidate, Donald Trump, who went for the very first time to alternative media. That's never happened before. And spoke at a lot of seminars, not a lot of, a lot of, not a similar, but a lot of speaking engagements, and spoke to a lot of different people in the ulterior alternative right, which galvanized him to the patriot movement. And a lot of the hosts that had him on the shows, and there were a bunch of them, I'm not going to single anybody out, they became enamored with the fact that they were finally being recognized and that Donald Trump was actually on their show being interviewed by them. And at this point in time, it's very difficult for them knowing that they know a sitting president of the United States to come back in and be objective as far as how they feel about what he's doing. Now, I said that very clearly and very politically correct to the best of my ability. But, guys, I'm not going to do that. Doug and Joe aren't going to do that. And here's why. I have to stand here before Almighty God in the end, and I hope and pray that God says to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Because if I see something that's going wrong on this presidency, if I see something going on on the White House, like with Kushner, which I called out on this show over five weeks ago, when I see something like that happening, I've got to point it out because I need to be, I'm, I'm accountable to you guys. You've got my emails, you've got my addresses, you guys send me letters all the time, I get them, I'm deluged with emails. And I know that if I step out of line on this, that you guys are going to call me out on it. But we've got alternative talk show hosts that their minds and their eyes have been like set up with blinders and they're not looking at what's going on and they're refusing to acknowledge the fact that some of the things that are going on aren't okay. Like this thing with Gottlieb going into the Food and Drug Administration, this thing with Kushner being a member of Shabbat, this thing with Kushner being in bed with George Soros, the $259 million loan with Cadre Development, with the Kushner family being billions of dollars in debt. I mean, this all of this stuff is weird to me that, that we need to take a look at and analyze it, not from a doesn't matter what race Kushner is. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about from a from a moral standpoint, from a political standpoint. We know that his family are lifelong Democrats, and so has he been. So why is he in the White House? We didn't elect a Democrat to go into the White House. Why is he going with the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff into the Middle East? Why do we have a false flag or a wag the dog tail thing, or whatever you want to talk call it, Doug, a couple of days after he's over there? Why in the world is this such a mess, and why are these people doing this to us again? Because to me, it's like the Who song back in the 70s. I think it was 73 when Who came out, Won't Get Fooled Again, when all that mess was going on with Nixon. And finally, the end of the song was like a nine-minute song. You need to listen to it. Probably, like, if you like rock and roll, it's probably the greatest rock and roll song of all time. I listen to very little of that music. But if you want to hear a song about the war effort and what was going on in the Vietnam War, the Who song in 73, Won't Get Fooled Again, it was a theme song for... Uh, uh, that uh, Miami, um, I said the CS, CNS, CNS, C, crime scene invest, CSI Miami. And what it, what it basically says is that meet the new boss, he's the same as the old boss. See, this is what we have to understand. Who's running the show? Remember what happened in 1933 when the United States was fiscally bankrupt and, and Roosevelt seized all the gold, made it illegal to hold gold. And in 1934, we had the Exchange Stability Fund, and that's when the Rothschild banking cartel took control of the Treasury of the United States. That's when the sh- shadow government was firmly entrenched into the U.S. There's a really good video series you can watch online on the 
exchange stability file, like a nine-part series, eight or nine minutes each, and you can watch it. You can understand what how they did this. And then right after that, they started bringing in the money from the drugs. Then the OSS became the CIA. We've done an entire show on that with what happened with Roswell and how all of the secret government stuff happened right after that with Eisenhower. This is a giant, giant mess, but we've got to go back. We've got to ask ourselves a question. Did Assad, did Assad benefit from using chemical weapons on his own people? Absolutely not. He was already winning the Civil War. It was almost over with. He was almost back in complete control of the country. But suddenly he decides to unleash a chemical warfare attack on his own people. What for? Who's going to be the winner here? What are the motives of this? Is this the international banking cartel that wants to turn the whole planet upside down? They want to resurrect the serpent from the pit? Is that who's doing this? Are these the guys that are trying to make everything that God made good to be made bad, which is what the Bible says, everything will be turned upside down in the latter days? Is that who's doing this? Is this the same group of people that are promoting all the immorality on the TV? And, you know, in Disney's new movie coming out with an openly gay character? I mean, is this all of this stuff, the same group of people that are doing all of this? Oh, well, it probably is, isn't it? So ask yourself a question. Don't allow them to take your mind off what's going on. Don't allow them to say, hey, it's not us, it's them. No, 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 it's always them. It's like Doug said at the beginning of the show, aren't all wars banker wars? Isn't that what Rothschild himself said? Isn't that what his mother said? That they did not care who ran the country, who was the president? You let them control the central bank, they're going to run the country for you, and they're going to control it through money, and that's exactly what's happened to the United States. And I say this again, and I said it last fall on your, on your show, Doug, and I've said it on my show dozens of times, until we get the boot of the Federal Reserve Bank off of our throats in the United States, like Ron Paul says, and we get them get out of our country and we nationalize their assets and what they've done and what they've stolen, and we basically just get rid of all that debt, at that point in time, we'll be able to get our country back. But they were very smart with what they did. They sold that debt, a lot of it to China and a lot of it to other countries around the world, for no reason, because we could have debt-free currency, but they did it on purpose, because now if we try to nationalize what they did to us, we can't take that money back from those other countries that gave us that money, and so it puts us in a predicament. They knew they were going to do this. It was all planned in advance, and this is what they've done, and they subjected us to a form of global financial slavery through their Babylonian money system, Doug and Joe. What do you guys think? You know, uh, Ted, you're 100% accurate, and a couple of things that you said during the course of this interview, if, if one takes a few steps back and looks at the entire picture, and we can see the entire picture. One thing you said, just very quickly, you mentioned rat lines of of uh, drugs, arms, oil. Think of any commodity, and this includes children, That's sex right. trafficking, human trafficking, right. and organ trafficking. That's right. All of it. And, and think back to Kosovo, 19... 19- 98, 99, 99, I guess it was, Kosovo. And, and look at the act of organ harvesting and understand who was behind it. The same players today that we see in Syria and, and elsewhere across the Middle East are the same players that we saw in Kosovo when organ harvesting began. And this, in addition to, in addition to the, the pedogate, um, this is all, it, it, these are all tied together, so you're connecting a lot of major dots. And someone else as well that's doing this online is George Webb at WEBB. Uh, I would encourage everyone to, to look at his YouTube channel. That's George Webb. His research is phenomenal. And it, it parallels and dovetails uh, t- uh, 
Ted, exactly with what you're saying. And the second thing is, real quick, with respect to Syria, the chemical weapons attack and our response, we know that, that Putin and Assad are fighting ISIS. ISIS, of course, has a presence in Syria. And ISIS, you know, wants to overtake Syria, but ISIS also has their sights set on, and people don't realize this, the stands, the Russian uh, Caucasus region. So if Assad falls, that gives ISIS a foothold to launch and destabilize the stands from the former Soviet Union, and I have not heard anyone bring that up at all. So just, just saying. Well, you know, now, 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 now the Trump administration is saying they want to replace Assad. I mean, again, it's this reeks of Libya again. I mean, I mean, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. I mean, I've had enough of this. I mean, I'm not going to not pretend like it's not happening. I'll continue to point everything out. Everybody can draw their own conclusions of what we've said and just realize that, you know, if we don't tell the truth, then why are we even here? Why are we the alternative media if we can't point out the stuff that the mainstream media refuses to point? By the way, you got in for a treat. My wife's going to come talk to you tonight. But how she stays in such great shape. Maybe have her flex her bicep for you. <laughs> well, Ted, we're coming up against the break right now. Uh, folks, we're talking with Dr. Ted Brewer of healthmasters.com. The coupon code, if you order, is Doug10. Make sure you use that when ordering to get a 10% discount on all your orders. We'll be right back with Dr. On Ted. On certain products, by the way. On certain products. We'll be right back with Dr. Ted after this. Don't go anywhere. I want you to do this. I told him. You have to do that. Make sure you see yourself in the picture. That's the front? Right at the back. In the, in the back. In the back, too. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Uh, folks, I'm going to direct your attention to MasterPreps.com. MasterPreps.com. Wow. Uh, MasterPreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, MasterPreps.com. That's MasterPreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. To, I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Training Close in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to 18 major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We're offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changewithwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. 
This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. that uh, we had Lane Miller from MinutemanStove.com Minuteman Stove yesterday I believe it was uh, thank you audience for stepping up and, and look uh, Minuteman Stoves are the best rocket stoves on the market take advantage of what he's put together for the listeners of the Hagman Report go to MinutemanStove.com that's MinutemanStove.com do it today and take advantage of, of, of his offers that he, the offers that he's put together. The Miniman rocket stoves, by the way, are great. They're 50 caliber ammo cans. They're, uh, they're just like torches. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you that they heat up the, uh, the food, the water, whatever you need. They store clean, they travel clean, and they're made in the USA. They're also with our troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. Again, USA made, handmade, everyone by hand. Lane Miller, thank you so much. Minutemanstove.com. Just go to HagmanReport.com, click on the link, take advantage of that offer, but do it soon, please. Should Dr. Dr. Mrs. Sharon Brower, it's good to ha- it's good to see you. It's great to see you. You're just wonderful. I'm gonna we're just gonna kick it off to you. Healthmasters.com, Dr. Sharon Brower, Mrs. Sharon Brower. Hey Doug, it's great to be back on a great Friday night. I couldn't think of anything better I'd like to do than be with you guys. You guys are awesome. But as usual, I've got so many exciting things to talk about. And you know, 30 years ago, we were called to really be a leader in the field in health and nutrition and help people around the world get set free from sickness and disease. And we didn't take it lightly. We've taken it seriously all our lives, the whole time we've been in business for 30 years. And has it been difficult? Yes, because we really can't get sick, we can't get age, we can't age and we can't get fat because being on TV and radio, people have high expectations of you. But the thing is, too much is given, much is required and it's an awesome responsibility when God calls you to something, just like you guys, you're called to this. 
and you don't take it lightly because people know your heart. They know if you're real. They know if you're a hypocrite or not. And we've always done much more than what we tell people we've done or what we we say we do. And the thing is, is I know we talk about different products and stuff, but I can't stand for someone to tell me, you know, I need to do this and I need to do that and, and, and tell me all these good things, but not tell me how to do it. And today and tonight, I want to really go into detail with the women. And guys, just because I'm a woman, don't turn off the show and don't go somewhere. Get your wives on the show. Have them come watch it. Bring them in or watch them the i the um the i iTunes or you know the i the podcast later on because it's so important when your wife hears this from another source. You know. Years and years ago, back in my 20s, I really never had a problem gaining weight any, you know, during when I was younger. And in my 20s, I really didn't have to work out. So I really didn't start working out till my mid 30s, till after the children started coming. And then I realized I really needed to do something. But I always thought, and I told Ted, I'm going to weigh as much as I did when I was in high school, you know, except for when I'm pregnant and when I'm having kids. And I've lived up to that commitment that I made to him. And I made that for really one main reason, because I'm a goal setter. I'm really driven. And I'm sure you can tell, if I set my goals to do something, I'm going to do it. And God always is faithful to get me through it, because with God and prayer and your hard work, you can do anything you can set your mind to it, as long as it's in God's perfect will. But I decided I was going to stay in shape and Now, what I want to do tonight is help all the women realize that you can feel better, you can increase your lean muscle mass, and you can be in better shape and look better than you did in your 20s and 30s. Going into your 40s, 50s, and even 60s, you can look better and have more lean muscle mass. Because if I can do it, you can do it. And when God helps us do something, we help the world do it. It's our responsibility to share it with you. And that's what I'm so excited about tonight because I want to talk about lean muscle mass because as we age, about every 10 years, we lose a certain percentage of muscle mass, especially women because we don't have the testosterone. And we have got a protocol, and I'm real excited about it because my youngest, my oldest son, Austin, who is the co-host of our show, put together a protocol, and I do exactly what he does. The three products that I drink, And I mix together. I call it my pre-workout and workout drink when I'm working out is the HGH Stimulate. And I'm going to show these products as I talk about them. The HGH Stimulate. I hope you can see it. Can you see it all right, Doug? Yeah, we can see it. Okay. The HGH Stimulate. This is great. Um, The men like it because it helps increase libido. But what it also does is it helps burn body fat. It really helps with working out. Now, nothing can be really productive or you really get the results if you don't work out. It's real important that you do that. You can't just be a couch potato and do this. But the HGH, along with our new product, the Muscle Blast, and I'm going to tell you how well I'm doing with that, the Muscle Blast, and then the Creatine, which I don't think I have tonight. And the Creatine is really good for helping you retain your muscle. It's also helping as far as muscle um uh, uh, regeneration and recovery after you work out. I put those three things in a shaker bottle. Sometimes I'll throw in some vitamin C. And if I really need some energy and I'm a little tired, I'll put in, a, of course, a purple stick. But it's a great workout. Men and women alike. Austin drinks it while he works out, and you know what he looks like. He looks awesome. But I drink it during my workout, 
And guys, it is so exciting. I turned 60, and I'm having a blast. I, at first, I got a little down about it, and I thought, no, wait a minute. I'm going to look better at 60 than I did in my 40s and my 50s. And I'm, I'm not saying that I look better as far as looks, but I'm saying physically I'm going to feel better and look better. I go in the gym now with so much energy, and it's so neat because I do incline press, and I use 45 pounds, and I do four reps of 20, which doesn't seem much like to you guys. But for a woman, I think that's a lot of weight. I don't know many 20-year-olds that can do that, Doug. Do you? No. I mean, Sadly. you know. But I built up to it, and I was doing like eight, four sets of eight, uh, uh, eight reps, you know, four sets of eight reps. And Austin goes, Mom, what are you doing? I said, I'm doing it. He says, well, you need to at least be doing 20. Well, it took me about six months to build up to doing four reps, four, four sets of eight, of 20 reps each. And now I can do it. But I go in there, and it's like it's so light. And I'm increasing it. And I'm going to show you my bicep. And Ted told me to do this. I feel really silly doing this. But I don't know if you can see here. But I don't know if you can see that. But it's real. My, the 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 um, I've, I've got indentions. I've got striations. I I had those back in my 30s, but I've got them back. And I want to tell you a really funny story, Joe and Doug. I um, go to this place called Bell's. It's in Florida, and they have a lot of good sales. It's a kind of like a department store. And on Tuesdays, they have, um, what's that called, um, when you go in, Senior Day, and you get like 15% off your whole or your whole um, purchase. Yep, yep. So I always have fun with this, and I went in the other day, well, this is like last week, and I bought, you know, several outfits and some tennis shoes. And the lady behind the counter, I said, oh, how are you doing? And I love to play with people. I just, you know, people are in a bad mood. That makes me even want to be nicer to them. And so the lady was there, and she was she was overweight, but she was really sweet. And I said, okay, today's senior day, right? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, don't I get a 15% discount? And she goes, um, yeah, but I need to see your ID. I said, well, do you always check everybody's ID? And she goes, only if I don't think they're over 50. And I said, so you're you're saying you don't think I'm over 50. Do you think I'm lying to you? She goes, no, ma'am, I never said you were lying, but I do need to see your ID. And she was getting really irritated with me, Doug. But I was having so much fun because I knew she was sincere. And I said, well, what if I don't have my ID? And she goes, ma'am, I can't give you a discount without an ID to show that you're over 50 years of age. And she she thought I was, you know, just pulling her leg. So I said, I looked through my wallet and said, oh, okay. So I give her my weapons permit. She goes, ma'am, this is not, um, I need a valid driver's <laughs> license. And I said, oh, okay, well, let me see if I have it. So I looked and I said, oh, here's my license. And she looked at it. She goes, and she stood there and she looked at me and she goes, uh, I am so sorry. She goes, you are the same age as me. We were both born in 1957. I said, I told you. And she goes, uh, ma'am, I'm sorry. I, I I just didn't believe you. And I said, oh, I was just having fun with you. I said, thank you so much. Don't apologize. I said, you have made my day because I knew you were sincere because you were really kind of getting hot, you know, and upset with me. So I had fun with it. But it's it's really fun because... Uh, the other day I had Hunter, which is our 12-month-old grandson. His birthday is next weekend. And 
I was um, in the waiting room with him while Lana was getting her eyes checked, and a lady came in and was watching me, and I was holding him and playing with him, and she goes, how in the world can you look like that after you've had a baby? And I said, well, it's a lot of hard work, eating clean, working out, and just not eating a lot of sugar. She goes, oh, my gosh. She goes, well, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. And I finally had to tell her. I said, well, this is my grandson. She goes, no. And she didn't believe me. And then Lana came out. So, again, I had fun with it. But the whole thing is, Doug, and I guess what I'm trying to say is, as you get older, embrace it. As you get older, set goals. I'm very goal-oriented. And when you set goals, it gives you something to look forward to. We had a photo shoot two weeks ago because we're doing new labels. We're actually putting Austin and Lana on the labels with us now. And we had the best time with the photo shoot. But it was really neat because I had to set a weight goal. Ted had to set a weight goal. for the And, and then you think, well, we've reached it. We've had the photo shoot now. No, we're, we're going to stay at our ideal weight. We're going to keep our weight down. We're going to keep eating as clean as we possibly can. And it just becomes a lifestyle. But as far as the protocol I put together for working out and increasing your lean muscle mass, you really can increase it. You really can burn body fat. And you actually, your body actually starts defining, getting more definition. And you start burning inches on your legs and your pants are looser. It's it's really fun. That takes discipline. It takes eating clean. But it's worth it. Anything you put hard work into, it's worth it. Now, another thing. And and you should be proud, too. And and I think, you know what, um, about 15 years ago, and this is a true story, uh, I took my wife and my youngest daughter to, I can't remember where it was. It was a a play or something. And uh, the usher said, Oh, I, I was kind of bringing up the rear, and the usher said, your daughter, meaning my wife, and your granddaughter are seated down here. Oh. And, and I thought, okay, what's wrong with this? I mean, uh, uh, my goodness. And, and that makes you think, the opposite of what happened to you, it makes you think that, you know, you got to be uh, like, and I had to think of myself, man, I think to myself that I had to change the way I was doing things. So I understand that. I mean, it's a very very good. I mean, something to be proud of. Well, and the thing is, we had a lot of fertility problems because I um, had my mother had had you know all those drug shots when she had me, and she actually died, and they brought her back um, after she had me, so she only had one child, and it really affected me as far as being able to get pregnant. So we had a lot of fertility. We had to do with the in vitro and all that, and uh, it cost a lot of money. It was a lot. It was you know very traumatic. I lost like seven babies, and but we have four miracles. But the point is, we ended up having children late in life, not our choice, because our two sons are 10 years apart. But so I owe it to my children to look young. Their friends' parents are like in their 30s and 40s. And they don't even tell people my, they're my age because they don't believe them. But I really want to look young for them. I want to look like Hunter's mother, uh, mother instead of his grandmother. That way... I can stay young, I can stay active, I can keep up with them, I can go out and play ball with them. I mean, when I turned 42, I got my black belt because Austin was, he was getting his first degree black belt. I got my black belt and I was going to do it because anything I start, I finish. But 
it was just a goal, and sure, it I've got the hips to prove it now. You know, it, it, it took a toll on me, but I'm so glad I did it. I loved it. It was a challenge, and it really kept me in really good shape. So it's never too late to start something. Now, when you do start a new exercise program, it is important to you to check with your physician. I'm not giving you any advice outside of that. But it's really important, especially as you get into your 30s, to start making it a habit to do resistance training, especially women, because we lose a lot of bone density, and you don't have to end up with osteoporosis. Now, what I ended up with was spinal stenosis, and all, what that is, it's like having bone spurs on your spine. And, Doug, I know I've talked about this before, but I really believe I need to share with people that maybe not, had, didn't hear this or haven't listened to you listened to your show before. But I was in a lot of pain with my back. And, you know, if you've ever had back pain, sometimes you're just ready to go to be with heaven, to, to be with Jesus in heaven because the pain is so unbearable. And I'm not one that I take drugs. So I do the hot, cold, hot, cold, you know, with the heating pad in the ice, and that really helped. But that was treating the symptom, not the cause. I met a man, told us about his spinal stenosis that was totally healed through magnesium, and I thought he was just taking magnesium. Then to come to find out the research, and Ted really researched it, that when you take magnesium and you use, when you take it topically, in other words, you absorb it through your skin, it's a very easy mineral to absorb. It's very hard to absorb when you take it internally. I got on a magnesium program with our magnesium salts. Let me show you these. These are our magnesium bath salts. They're from the Dead Sea. It's not, um, this isn't Epsom salts. It doesn't work like Epsom salts. We soak our feet every single day in a hot uh, foot bath, which we got from Amazon. They're very inexpensive. And your body, actually your, your feet will absorb it. And if you don't believe me, get a clove of garlic and rub it on the bottom of your foot and then within 30 minutes, you'll taste it in your mouth. So your your skin is your largest eliminating order, organ. It also absorbs very quickly. So I started doing the salt, and then I used the cream, which is this, and then I mix it with the sports oil, which, let's see where the sports oil is. The sports oil. So I mix it with the sports oil, and... What I'll do is I'll heat my back up, and then I rub my back down every morning, every night with that, and it just, oh, it relaxes the muscles so much, especially when you work out. But the neat thing is, is that my my um, bone spurs or the spinal stenosis, stenosis started dissolving, the bone spurs, and they're gone. The pain is gone. I feel like I'm 20 years younger. It also helps you to increase energy levels. That's one reason I guess I'm always so up, and I'm I'm not on purple stick. I don't really like taking purple sticks because I don't really like taking anything that gives me energy. I want my body to produce its own energy, and I really want to know how I feel. That's why I don't like to drink coffee. Of course, I like coffee, but I don't drink it. But the thing is about the magnesium, when I got the results, I was telling everybody, now we've got customers that call and say, oh, I can't live without this stuff. It's great. People with arthritis actually soak their hands in it, and they get such relief from it. But now you may have to do it a lot in the beginning to saturate your body because it took a long time for you to get where you are. But then as you get uh, start feeling better and getting results, you can do like a maintenance program. I may soak in the bath once a week and then do the foot bath every single day. But, Doug, I just feel great. I mean, God is good. Life is good. I'm 60, I'm loving it, and I feel like, I feel I am I am healthier, 
and I am better shape than I was when I was 28 years old. And that is exciting. Sure. sure. How, I, how much magnesium do you put in the, the foot soak? Uh? Well, what we do, Doug, is we put a cup of, of salt in there and dissolve it, you know, in a pan and then put it in there. And then we add water to it. So we put about a cup, and then sometimes I'll squirt a little oil in there. But we may use it like three or four days. Now, when it starts getting a little nasty-looking, I'm really funny about that. I just say uh, I'm not going to use it. Ted will, but I won't. Because I like to put my hands in it, too, because I had pulled weeds uh, years ago, and I did it all day long. And the next day, my fingers swelled up, and they were in so much pain, and apparently it was an overuse injury. So I have to really... You know, soak them a lot to make them feel better. Sure. But so I hope this out. helps everybody. Another way you can also get the magnesium is through the magnesium deodorant. It goes directly under the arms, and you don't want to use any aluminum because so many women have got the, the uh, breast tissue, and the aluminum actually will increase the chances of breast cancer because of the lymphatic system in that area. So I use the um, min- the magnesium salt. Deodorant, which is great. Men like it too. You just never want to use it after you shave under your arms because it will burn. <laughs> Good to but know. But that's that's pretty much the protocol I do. Uh, okay. Wow. All right. I mean, you know, it it's it works, and I suggest at least try it because if it doesn't work, if you if you do what I tell you to do, it's going to work. So when you when you get on the program, at least do what we tell you to do, at least for thirty days, and give it a chance because it's amazing. Yeah, and so many people I, I hear from when you're on or when Ted's on talking about health specifically. So many people, especially our age, they're suffering immensely. I mean, there's a lot of people suffering out there with arthritis. And, oh, I know. So this is. Again, these are solutions. We're facing tough times. I know. Let's enter. Let's enter into these tough times in in the best physical shape we can we we can be. And of course, uh, Sharon, of course, is telling us exactly how to do that. And, and the mag- magnesium has helped my wife as well. Oh, good. Uh, so you know, it's it's it re- this works. Pay it does. You know, like I said, I don't like people that, that talk about products that don't work. But I mean, I'm not going to share. Oh, and I'm so excited because. The book is almost done, and I can't give the name of it yet, but we will have a lot of recipes in it. We are having a blast. We made a bunch of cupcakes for Hunter's birthday, which is next weekend, and we're doing the theme brown bear, brown bear, which are all different colors. And so we had a lot of fun using natural food colorings. We actually made yellow icing for the lemon cupcakes, and we used a little bit of turmeric and also the HGH Stimulate, because if you ever have looked at it before, it's a real bright effervescent yellow, and we put a little bit in there. It didn't change the taste because we had the lemon in there. We sweetened it with monk fruit and a little bit of stevia. Then we did the strawberry ones, and we used the Health Masters beet powder, and it turned to be a real pretty red, and we put a strawberry on top of it. So, you know, you can do a lot of fun things, and you don't have to use the chemicals. I know we talked about the chemicals last time I was on, so I practice what I preach. So you can make your kids' birthday cakes, and I made a, a gluten-free cake, and it, it was really good, and the cupcakes are going to be really good. So we're excited. We're inviting probably about 60 people. And if you guys were closer, you know you're invited. So if you get a chance to come down next week and come on down, Doug and Joe, we'd love to have you. Wouldn't that be something if we just showed up uh, 
Hey, hey if here. you did, we've been asking you to come down. So we'll, anytime you can come, we would we would love to have you. That'd guys. be fun. You know, it's uh, okay. Next weekend from one to four, be one, here. One to four. Uh, so we're going to give your dress out over the air. So anyone within a day's drive of uh, Sharon, Sharon and uh, Ted's house can. can crash your party. No, just, just you and Doug and your wife, please, right. <laughs> and his right. wife. Well, you know, it's, it's again, Sharon, this is amazing information to me. This is important information because we talk about so, so much we talk about the problems. We talk about the uh, the political, geopolitical problems. We talk yeah. about everything that's facing us. You know, your cortisol buster helps us deal with that in oh, terms gosh, of yes. mental acuity and stress. And you got so many things. I feel like this is a public service to everyone um, because we need this. Otherwise, we're going to break down like a like a car would break down. And, and I'm just so glad that you're 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 talking about this. Oh, thank you. It you know, and it, it's such a privilege because my heart is servant leadership, and this is what we teach our children to live a life of excellence, not perfection, because no one's perfect but Jesus. But to live a life of excellence and to have servant leadership. Serve as many people as you can. Meet their needs and God will meet all your needs. Because Zig Ziglar told us a long time ago, he's a good friend of ours, was a good friend of ours, and he said, you help enough people get what they want out of life, you'll get whatever you want. And it's so true. You reap what you sow. And it's such a blessing to sow into the Hagman listeners. We love you guys. You guys are awesome. I mean, you're so loyal to Doug and Joe. Uh, We think the world of the Hagmans. And well, it's such a pleasure to be on here today. And thank you so much because I'm the one that got blessed tonight. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, the blessings all around. Um, before you, before we let you go, um, there's a rumor. I, I can't really verify this, Sharon, but, uh, do, do we have a, a wall climber of sorts in your family? A, uh, Someone swinging from a vine today that, uh, uh quite... yes, and I'm gonna tell on him. Ted got on the roof today. I told him not to do it. He didn't listen to me. He got on the roof. Praise God, our maintenance man was up there. They're painting the chimney, okay? He goes, well, no one will show up and no one will come, so I'll do it myself. I said, Ted, pay somebody. It's not worth it. If something happened to you, too many people are depending on you. Uh oh, I'm telling on him. He's walking in. But the thing is, the, the yard guy kind of caught him, helped him. But he messed his ankle up really bad. He's supposed to go to the the fly-in tomorrow, the sun and fun, and um, he's walking a little bit better. But you know, well, well Sharon, I I just have this picture, mental image of Christmas vacation where Chevy Chase is up there on the ladder. <laughs> you know. Yep, that's yeah. what it was like. Coming down and hanging. So, all right, I told Ted. Uh, Sharon told on you. Shame yep. on you. Well, listen, Doug and Joe and your wives, y'all come on down next weekend. We'll see you from one to four. All right. You can spend the night. It's no big deal. We've got plenty of room here. It's only an 18-hour drive, so it's all right. (laughs) All right. Sharon Brower, healthmasters.com. That's healthmasters.com. Folks, visit healthmasters.com. Check out the article. A lot of great information there, as well as good deals. Doug, 10 is the coupon code over certain items. Doug, D-O-U-G-10. And I'm going to tell you, this is information that we need to put to use to help us because we have to enter into what we're entering into physically fit. Get right back. Stay right where you're at.
what kind of thriller predicts the future. In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Ladies and gentlemen, this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. I just want to start out by saying this: you know, there, there's no more friendly, charming, and uh, cozy relationship or a communion or a company than a, than a good marriage. And a wedding anniversary is the celebration of love. It's a celebration of trust. It's a celebration of friendship and partnership and tolerance, isn't it? And uh, one of the most, I believe, one of the most important decisions anyone can ever make in their life is who they're going to marry. Get it right. Get it right because that's so important. I just want to say happy anniversary to my beautiful bride of nearly three decades. Uh, happy anniversary. It's our anniversary today and, uh, uh, I'll tell you what, you know, 
love does grow more tremendously with each passing year. And and that's another thing too. The debasement of the institution of marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm, you have a good marriage, you understand that the, the debasement of marriage as as a sacrament, as a sacred rite, it's just sad. It's sad. It really is. So that's why um, I, I hope everyone listening, if you're married, I do hope that your marriage is as strong and as uh, great as mine is. And I just want to say happy anniversary. So, Joe, I'm going to toss it back to you. Uh, again, we're joined by Dr. Ted Brewer of HealthMasters.com. And for select items, there is a promotional code, Doug10, where you can get 10% off your order. Go to HealthMasters.com and check out some of the products that that are there. Um, it's a fantastic product. We all use them here at the at the Hagman and Hagman Studios. And um, Ted, take it away. <laughs> My favorite product that she talked about is the HGH Stimulate. This is the one that I use all the time. This is on the Doug 10 coupon along with all the stuff that Sharon promoted. And this is the one that uh, is like <laughs> it helps to really maintain good blood pressure, helps to increase lean muscle weight. Uh, it's an amazing product. It's actually like a natural Viagra in men that doesn't make you go blind or deaf. So it's, it's a very, very good product. I really enjoy it. Uh, we've had that product for many, many years, and it's our number one seller at Health Masters with like a 97% reorder rate because of what the product does and how it works. By the way, let's talk about how the ruling elite's agendas are dehumanizing the masses. I want to talk about it for just a second. We mentioned it a few minutes ago, but I want to go back into detail it. The transhumanism deception, uh, for instance, in a recent article, Google engineering director Ray Kurzweil, in so many words, claims that a stronger, healthier, and brighter, and sexier human race will emerge between 20, before 2030. Enhanced homo sapiens, MK2, will have their brains fused with technology and belong to a technological cybernetic society to become a singularity or a hive mind. The more humans who incorporate themselves with cybernetics and or anything else making up transhumanism, the more they lose their powerful connection to spirituality and to God. They'll start losing qualities like unconditional love, kindness, empathy, generosity, and big-heartedness, etc., the artificial intelligence flaw says that we'll do better when we are under an artificial intelligence. We talked about that earlier. The AI, the D-wave computer, hooking us into the international, into the interdimensional entity that I believe will be Lucifer. And of course, they tell us the hive mind and the transhumanism is going to create a hive mind, and the transhumanism and the AI threaten to dehumanize us in the respects that will take away our individuality. And then of course, they're using vaccines. This is one of the things they're using in this agenda to dehumanize us. They're taking away our ability of our brain to develop properly because it's causing massive brain inflammation, which is causing our brains not to do what they need to do as far as the cortex development. And a child may never be able to express his humanity because of all the vaccines that are being given. And they want you to be like them, an empty shell, a psychopath driven by self-interest and gratifications, dedicated to their God, Lucifer, as far as I'm concerned. And this is one of the things that we need to talk about tonight is the transhumanism agenda, and we need to do everything we possibly can to stay away from all of this stuff. I know there's a company now over in Norway that's actually putting chips inside of people so they can run their copy machines, open doors, the uh, walk through the security scanners, etc., and they're lining up by the droves, Doug and Joe, to get the latest, greatest chip to do more and more and more stuff. This is exactly what they program the millennials to do. The millennials will spend every penny they make to get a new iPhone or to get a new Android. They always want to have updated technology every single year. They want to do the best they can as far as keeping the newest, latest, greatest. 
And when they have new computer chips, new hand chips, new chips to enhance your brain, they'll line up by the droves to do that too. The mark of the beast won't be forced upon the bulk of the population, Doug. It will be requested by the bulk of the population. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Look at how many people rely, and, and I get tired of this, on the technology. You know, talk to someone. If you're sitting across from someone at the dinner table, put your phone down. Before right. I smack it out of your hand. That's right. Okay. Uh, you know, it's it's ridiculous. And you're right. This generation that we're seeing, I believe, is is being groomed to accept anything that's technological, and, and including uh, a chip on the forehead. I'm just waiting for the Pope to come on and say, yeah, it's all right, no problem, get a chip. It's, it's for the good of mankind. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And, and, and with a lot of the things, too, Doug, remember, with these autistic children, if they start chipping them, they may actually start communicating again. And so the parents will think it's a godsend that the children has a chip. The child has a chip. But, you know, d- Ted, didn't they just – I just saw something, and I thought of you, and I was going to send – in fact, I might have even – well, getting old, so maybe I just thought I'd send it to you. Um, the uh, In the U.K., I believe it was, or somewhere in Europe, they implanted some, uh, tech, uh, some chips in, in a gentleman's head. That allowed him to think. He was paralyzed from the neck down, and what happened was his thoughts triggered his motor skills. So he regained the use, although clumsily, of his upper body. So how, how much? You know, it, it's just a matter of time before this is going to be routine. I think. Well, think about this for a second, Doug. If you have a child who has autism, who doesn't speak, who can't function, who can't make eye contact, and you can hook him up to a neural net, hook him up into a hive mind, hook him up into a artificial intelligence through a D-Wave Alpha computer and put a neural chip into their brain, how easy will it be to get the parent to try that? How easy will it be to get the parent to try to get the child to speak again? And how easy will it be for the artificial intelligence, I believe it's going to be connected into the the mention of Lucifer and the fallen angels, how easy will it be for those entities to take control of that child? I mean, think about all of this stuff. I mean, why in the world do they want so many autistic children? We've talked about that so many times on your show. Right now, it's like 1 in 41, say someone, say 1 in 59. The numbers are all over the place, but 1 in 41 is the highest number I've heard. They're saying by 2025, an MIT researcher said that 1 in 2 will have autism. By 2035, all boys will have autism. By 2037, all girls will have autism. This all goes back to the Jason Committee and their stuff they did back in the 40s and the 50s as far as reducing the population of the planet. Because once a person has a child with autism, they don't want any more children. They simply don't want any more kids because the autistic child requires so much work to take care of. I've got a good friend of mine. He owns a fly-in community up in, um, oh gosh, it's up in uh, Clayton, Georgia. And he has like a little runway there and they bring planes in. He has little houses around the one where they actually park the planes by their house. And it's interesting because he married a woman a few years ago and she has a 14 year old son who is completely perfect, absolutely perfect. So the child went in for its 14, 18 month booster shots and within a couple of weeks they lost the child. I mean the child had massive brain swelling, lost eye contact, stopped communicating, stopped trying to talk. And now that child is 100% dependent upon care 24 hours a day. They took it to the vaccine court, and they were completely hoodwinked out of getting any type of conversation from the vaccine court. And this goes on all the time. Because why, again, I'm asking the question, like I did in the first hour, why do they want so many autistic children? They know the autism is linked directly into the, they know this link to the immunizations. We, we broke a whole show on that a few years ago 
We know that Bradstreet and Gonzalez both had mysterious deaths. They departed the planet because they started doing research on autism using a compound called GCMAF to help reboot the brains and the macrophages of the children diagnosed with autism. And we're getting it about a 10%, 15% pure cure rate on autistic children, and 85% of the children were getting some type of response, and suddenly these, both these guys are found dead. I mean, we see all of this stuff happening all the time, so we have to ask ourselves the question. Again, what are the other factors? I personally believe it's glyphosate, which is being sprayed on everything. In fact, Quaker Oats now is in the middle of a massive lawsuit because they say their product is natural, and people are suing them because they're saying your product's not natural. It contains Roundup. You spray your oats right before they're harvested with Roundup, and the cooking doesn't get rid of the Roundup. The washing doesn't get rid of the Roundup. And when you eat the Quaker oats or any type of products that have been sprayed with Roundup, you pretty much are ingesting this herbicide, incredibly dangerous product. By the way, Michael Snyder came out with a new article. He goes, the global famine begins. The U.S. announces the worst food crisis since World War II is happening right now. This is because of geoengineering as far as removing this, moving the crops around, killing the crops, killing the crops with aluminum, stopping the water. And he goes on to say, we always knew this would start happening. This month I wrote about the severe economic problems that are plaguing South America. But at this point I have neglected to discuss the horrific famine that is breaking out all over Africa. Right now there is a desperate need for food in Sudan, Somalia, Nigeria, and Kenya and Yemen, even though it's not part of Africa technically. The United Nations says that more than 20 million people could die from starvation and disease if nothing is done, which is exactly what they want to have done because, Doug, they're trying to reduce the population of the planet. And then he has an article here by, by Stanford, and it talks about how will 260 million Americans disappear in less than eight years. We mentioned this earlier about Deagle. Deagle has, become America, has America sitting just above Venezuela by 2025 with purchasing power of the U.S. dollar ranked 78th in the world. I mean, that's crazy. It says, last update on March the 3rd, 23rd, 2017, the country page for the United States of America over at Deagle.com, seen at the screenshot above, still shows a forecast population for the U.S. for the year 2025 to be 61 million people, while the forecast population drop is shattering. Maybe even more doom is the forecast financial numbers. We have a gross domestic product right now of $18 trillion, number one in the world, but they're saying by 2025 it's going to be $949 billion, which is going to drop down to like one-eighteenth of what it is now. I mean, this is absolutely some crazy stuff of what's happening here, Doug. And the sad part about it is, you know, when you talk to Deagle, they tell you they get their data from the CIA, the United States government, the U.S. Department of State, the U.S. Department of Defense, the World Bank, the European Union, the U.S. Army, Navy, Marines, and Air Force, and the U.S. Coast Guard, among the others. So I don't know, Joe, Doug, what do you think about this stuff with Deagle? Are they just trying to just get publicity for their website, or they actually know something that we don't know? What do you guys think about uh, that? You know, I, I look, I, I think their sources, given their sources, I really believe that they've got to have some basis, in fact, for that reasoned speculation. I know that sounds kind of convoluted, when I say it, but I, I believe that there there's a basis for that. I mean, look at the Georgia Guidestones, the goals there, the objectives of the Georgia Guidestones. Look at the Agenda 2030 um, platform, and and look at what Deagle's saying. So, you know, I no, I think there's some substance there. Um, the the thing I was kind of considering when you were speaking was this has to be by orders of magnitude more than any normal attrition of the baby boomers, correct? I mean, how, how many are we supposed to lose? Not that many. We're supposed to be down to 61 million people, so we have 320. So we're going to lose to, to 260 million people? 
Right. I mean, yeah. But yeah. the baby is going to be 20 or 30 million. We're going to lose 260 million. I mean, that's just kind of, that's like, that's like, you know, three quarters of the population killed. Right, right. So, so yeah, so, so at, at best, perhaps 20 million normally and citing the lack of population growth, which is important to, to really cite, I believe, of the, uh, because of the, because of the attack on marriage and the nuclear family. So 200 plus million. That, yeah. Okay. I, there's something there, obviously. Well, who, who in the world knows? By the way, a nursing student has been dismissed now for refusing to lie about vaccines, and she is now suing the university. This is from Health Impact. She goes, in April 2015, Health Impact News said the nursing student Nicole Roth, formerly Nicole Roth, was dismissed from her nursing program shortly before graduation after she allegedly refused to commit fraud by lying to patients in order to coerce a vaccine compliance as directed by her instructor. And the school has fought back with a lawsuit against the college, and she basically said she was refusing to tell them that the vaccines were safe and refused to lie to them, and she was terminated as a nursing student. I mean, you know, think about this for a second. What kind of horrible conflict it is. You get into the medical profession trying to help people, Doug, and we're going to talk about this in just a second for in a few more minutes about some nurses and medical doctors as far as immunizations. And all of a sudden you find out that the very profession that you've got in to help people with is actually killing people by the thousands, hundreds of thousands, and by the millions each year with the drugs that they're being given, not to mention all the children that are permanently being debilitated by all of the incredible amount of vaccines they're being given. So we're going to talk about that in a few more minutes. If you guys have any friends or loved ones that you're concerned about as far as the vaccines their children are going to be giving to the kids, have them or just do this. You can go support the movie Vax, V-A-X-X-E-D. Just buy a, a copy of it. I do this every once in a while. I'll buy something for somebody. I've done a few before, Doug. There'll be a book I want you to read. I'll just buy it on Amazon, have it shipped directly to you. And the same thing with a $10 video. Just send it to the family who's pregnant that you know. Send it to your son-in-law. Send it to your daughter-in-law. And ask them if they'll please watch it. You're sending them a free movie. And if they'll sit down with their kids or with their in-laws or whoever and watch this movie and ask a few questions about vaccines. And if they'll do it, go ahead and order it for them. If they say no, not probably order it anyhow, just to hope that they would order it for $10, because you certainly don't want a child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew that has autism. But what do you say, you know, Ted, what do you say to a doctor? And this is the big thing. Um, yeah, I've got uh, arguments with my doctor. I've got yeah. arguments with, with uh, other doctors, whether it's from email or, or um, phone calls. And it seems that some really do believe in the value of vaccines. Um, and that my my own uh, primary care physician, he didn't really press me on it. We talked a little bit about it, and I and I stated my opinion, and he kind of left it alone. But I could just tell from his body language that he had some yeah, but, opposition. But right, but 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 see, the average person out there, Joe and I, we're average people. You you, you can present the doctor with facts. And the doctor is the doctor. He's God, small g, of course, but he's God. To, to, at least he may think he is, but he's not. But but how do you? But what do you? Well, how does the average person, or how would you recommend well, you, the average you do person? Do it now. See, the, the biggest problem that a quote medical doctor is the biggest thing they're able to do to you is to intimidate you. And the reason they intimidate you is because you don't have any knowledge. The lady I was just speaking about who has the son who has the the brain damage. Um, she says that she was completely. She allowed the doctors to overwhelm her in the beginning and say it wasn't the fault of the vaccines that did this. And then the more and more and more she learns, now she just gets right back in their face. See, they don't want to be confronted with facts they don't know. Now, that's very important. I'm going to repeat that. And here's, here's what I always do. 
If you have somebody who texts our show or emails the show while I'm on or even on my show and they ask me a question that I don't have the answer to, my response is always this. I don't know the answer to that question, but what I'll do is I'll look it up and do some research for you and I'll find out for you. Now, a lot of people don't want to do that because they're, quote unquote, like you said, they got the white coat on, they got their, they got their priestly robes on, they got their stethoscope, which is like their cross hanging around their neck, and they're telling you what to do, and they're holding the power of life and death over you, which indeed they do in many cases, especially in trauma cases. In fact, when somebody's involved in an accident and someone's bleeding out, so most certainly these guys who are treating you hold the power of life and death over you. There's an interesting movie you can get probably on Netflix so you can probably maybe buy it online too it's called The House of God it was done back in the 80's or the 90's and it really looks at the shady underbelly of the American Medical Association and the hospitals and how they treat their patients it's called The House of God and what's interesting about this movie it will change forever your opinion of being hospitalized and what people do in hospitals. I have a friend of mine who's a medical doctor who had hospital clearance for years and years and years. And every time that a person would start, he told me this point blank on the air one time. He said every time that he had a friend of his who found out that one of the patients that he was working with, insurance was running out, who was in a terminal-type condition, he would withhold care so the person would die because he was no longer going to get paid and the insurance had run out. And he would actually walk over to the radiator in the hospital and put a little mark on and keep track of how many people he let die. You think, they don't really do that. Some of these guys are real sickos. A lot of these guys will do cancer surgery on you when you don't have cancer. A lot of them will do heart bypass surgery on you when you don't have a problem with clogged arteries. They don't care. Because remember, a lot of them have been married three or four times. A lot of them have no personalities. They have three or four ex-wives, three or four ex-wives, car payments, house payments, etc. And they can't pay their bills because they have all these kids in school or in college or whatever, plus all the ex-wives and all the child support and sometimes alimony. So they're having to generate huge amounts of money to maintain that lifestyle. And so if they don't cut on you in some cases, now this is not all of them. This is probably 20% of them. But that I believe that number is that high. They will do unnecessary treatment on you in order to generate revenue for what they're doing. That's why so many of them get arrested for doing this for the unnecessary surgeries. And we did a, a few months ago, we talked on, on your show about this one guy who was intentionally they, they, they in prison. They ended up putting him in prison because he was literally intentionally killing people in the operating suite because he had this crazy concept that he thought he was some type of little god with a little G, I guess. I don't know. So the problem with all of this is you have to have knowledge. Read the book, Confessions of a Medical Heretic by Dr. Mendelssohn. You can buy it like a penny online. It's been in print for like 30 years. Also read the same, the same author, Robert Mendelssohn. He wrote a book. He was a pediatrician, and he wrote, a, he wrote an article. He wrote a book called How to Raise a Healthy Child in Spite of Your Pediatrician. And if you start reading those types of books, and go to Health Masters, I've got a whole bunch of articles that I have printed on our website, one of which is Dr. Mendelson's article he called Vaccine Roulette, that you never know what the vaccine is going to do, it's going to cause permanent brain damage. And then read these articles and get an understanding of what's happening with these children and have numbers and statistics. So when you go to your doctor, you say, Doc, here's an article, here's an article, here's an article, I really don't want to do those vaccines. Now, he's, one of two things is going to happen. He says, well, I'll read the articles. Let me see what I think. Or he's going to say, absolutely not. You're going to do the vaccines. Okay? Now, if it's the absolutely not, you're going to do the vaccines, my response is simply this. Find another doctor in your area who's more open-minded about your beliefs and your views and the dangers associated with vaccinations. That's what we did. Our children have no pediatrician. They go to a general practitioner if we need them. And then one of the temperature a few years ago, Alexis broke her arm because 
and Harrison ran over her with a bicycle, and she basically cracked her, just cracked her with a little, little crack there on her, on her radius, and he put her on a splint force and x-rayed her force. Uh, another time we had Savannah was jumping on a trampoline and twisted her ankle, and we all went over there and they got some x-rays and looked at that, and they split her and put a splint on her. So there's all kinds of things that you can do with a general practitioner, including having healthy children, and they're not always insistent on giving you the doctor shots, the shots for the, like the pediatrician does. Because remember, they're taught to give, tell the people to give the shots the first year of life. If the woman is breastfeeding that baby the first year of life, the shots don't do any good anyhow because the bodies, the bodies can't produce the antibodies against the shots, and the mother's breast milk is what gives them all the antibodies they need to stay healthy. That's what we've seen with Austin's baby. They'll be a year old next Sunday or next Saturday. He's having a birthday party. That's why you're invited down for that. And, and what's interesting about this is that he's super healthy, super attentive, super alert, and I can't tell you how many parents had the same kind of healthy child and they go in for the boosters, going for the boosters, they get their, their bodies get filled up with this magalase, their body gets filled up with the mercury and the aluminum, and all of a sudden it's a smack, the lights go out. And in most cases, the lights don't come back on. And so you see it over and over and over again. In fact, let me read you this article here. Pediatrician of 30 years believes children perceive too many vaccines and sees many vaccine-injured children. Pediatrician. She goes, her name is Dr. France. She's in Orlando. She goes, in the interview with the Vax film crew, she said that her story was very similar to everyone else, that she was a hardcore believer in vaccines, but she started seeing that people started getting sick and started developing autism. In the late 80s, when the vaccines increased, they wanted her to give more vaccines than one visit, like four or five. She said she wouldn't do that. She'd only give two at a time. But even that schedule, Dr. France stated that she began to see truly vaccine-injured children. She began to see a lot of autistic children, and the parents all said the same thing. They said, quote, my child was fine until they got this shot, and then within a week, we lost them. Not dead, but they quit having eye contact, and they lost language. She goes on to say, I can tell you today, having been in clinical practice for 30 years, that the children I see today are sicker than they were when I was a resident. She goes, according to Dr. France, by the time a child is five years old today, they will have received 117 vaccines, including the boosters, Dr. Joe. Really? 117 by the time they're five years old. That's insanity. I mean, who in the world thinks that's okay? But remember, the guy that Trump just is trying to put into the Food and Drug Administration, Gottlieb, is a huge vaccine proponent. Now he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's telling Kennedy to go over here and figure out what's going on with vaccines, and now he's got Gottlieb over here who's a vaccine opponent, or your proponent. I mean, none of this is making any sense to me. I'm, I'm seeing the deep state firmly entrenched as I see the chemtrails still being sprayed all over us. By the way, pharmaceutical crimes continue unpunished as cholesterol drug lawsuits are starting to stall. Statin and the statin or cholesterol reduction drug push has been tagged as the biggest medical fraud scam of all time by medical practitioners who know better and are not afraid of being sued or harassed by drug makers. Guys, this is some crazy stuff with these statin drugs. We've done multiple shows on it. There's all kinds of natural ways to get your cholesterol down. We have a product called Cholesterol X. It helps to bring the cholesterol down almost immediately. It's amazing what you can do with natural supplements and dietary change. And one of the key things you need to do is make sure you get all the fructose out of your diet and all the soy products out of your diet and all the hydrogenated oils out of your diet. And you need to start drinking more water, half your body, half your body weight in fluid ounces every day in distilled or reverse osmosis water, water that does not contain fluorine or chlorine and does not have the halogens in it. Because remember... Your thyroid gland thinks that these halogens, the fluorine and the chlorine, are thyroid are, are, are iodine, and it absorbs it into the into the uh, into the thyroid gland. Very, very dangerous to expose yourself 
to all of these halogens and all of these chlorines and chlorines and bromines, which are in the bread products. Because, guys, there's a lot of stuff out there that's really, really toxic for you. And when you put this stuff in your body on an ongoing basis, it's going to cause all kinds of health problems. In fact, I want to talk about belly fat, how to burn bad belly fat, reduce your risk of heart disease. I want to talk about the five reasons you're not losing weight and the six ways to burn and melt body fat in just a few minutes and why Tom Brady is so healthy and he's so old and he's walking around with five Super Bowl rings and what he does in order to maintain his health. So we got all of that still coming on the show tonight, Doug. I know I about love it. Break. No, you know what? We're going to blow through, Ted, uh, in deference to you. We're going to blow through the break. Just you go ahead and continue right to okay. the end. Well, I appreciate that. Let's talk about evidence-based ways to burn belly fat and extend your life. This is very, very important. One thing that people don't realize is so good for you is coconut oil. I take coconut oil. I try to remember to take it every single day. I put it right in my protein shake in the morning when I get up because it's so important that you start your body off with a really good soft source of protein in the morning. Excuse me for a second. It's really important to your body a high-quality protein source. I use the fifth food and a bunch of other stuff I put in my protein shake every single morning and have a really high-quality breakfast every single day. Now, if you don't want to do the fifth food, get some organic eggs. Eggs are great for you. Eggs will help your brain boot back up again, too, because statin drugs really lower the cholesterol down too much. Once you go under 200 with your cholesterol, all disease rates go up, especially cancer. It goes through the roof. Plus, senile dementia goes through the roof. Statin drugs kind of make your brain go stupid, to be honest with you, because your brain's primarily fat. It needs cholesterol. It reduces the process of producing cholesterol by the body to a point that the brain can't function properly. And the testosterone drops through the floor with statin drugs, and so you lose your libido or your sex drive, or whatever you want to call it. I hate to talk about the word, use the word sex, but the libido gets definitely affected by statin drugs. Plus, it also causes skeletal muscle necrosis, which can make your kidneys die because you have, your, your muscle tissue starts to rot and it gets into the kidneys and then causing kidney damage. It can also cause heart disease because it causes hardening of the arteries. In addition to that, it causes liver damage. I mean, this is what they're giving you to reduce your cholesterol when you can do that through dietary change. Personally, cholesterol was used to, and this is the way it used to be, if your cholesterol was 250 or below, it was considered normal, which is pretty right. If my cholesterol stays between 200 and 250, I'm happy for it. I don't want to go any lower than that. So it's very important to keep your cholesterol at a good level to maintain proper hormone production. So coconut oil will help with that. Also, green tea is very, very good as far as helping burn body fat. And purple sticks are what we do for that. The green tea is great, but I don't like the way it tastes. Every single morning, I get up. What I do in the morning, I get up, Doug, I get, I get the purple sticks out. I get a big 22-ounce glass of water about like this one here. And I fill it up with distilled water. Then I put the purple sticks in it, and I put about two shakes of our salt in it. I know that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? But you really need sodium and chloride, really need high-quality salt that doesn't have a bunch of fluorine and chlorine added to it first thing in the morning. And the reason the fluorine is being added to it, the chlorine and all these crazy things because of the processing of the salt. In addition to that, it may have aluminum in it because of the chemtrails. It has to be a deep mine salt. We have it on our website. And also, I put in a little bit of powdered vitamin C, and I stir it up, and I drink it. And that salt helps to re energize the tissue throughout the entire intestinal tract. It helps to promote peristalsis. It helps your bowels to move better. In addition to that, it helps to get your body cleaned out very well in the morning. And I do it every single day when I get up in the morning. And that's why I use the purple sticks primarily the first thing in the morning. D3 is the next one. It's so important because the skin helps to produce the vitamin D. And you don't get enough of that because of what's happening with the chemtrails and with all the blockers that people are using. But it's been shown now that vitamin D3 actually helps to reduce the amount of belly fat that your body has. 
In addition to that, avoid fructose, which we mentioned just a few minutes ago, bisphenol A, which is drinking out of plastics, and MSG because of what they do. You need to also exercise on a regular basis. And you also need to take a compound called conjugated linoleic acid. It's a true fat burner. We have it on our website. But uh, it's more than that. If you want to, I've, I've lost, by the way, I've lost like 20 pounds, Doug. I'm down like 190 now. And I want to lose about five more pounds. It, and, I'm it, and how'd you do that again? Just, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. I'm going to tell you exactly what I did and, and how it came off very slowly. And that's why I just got, I got tired of bending over and breathing heavy because I'm tired of tying my shoes. I got tired of that. And of course, because I've, I've got in really good shape again. And so what's, that's why I was up on the roof today. I mean, I, mean, I got to tell the story now that Sharon blew the whistle on me. I've got a chimney that wasn't built properly on the back porch. You know, it's, it's pretty tall. It's like 28 feet tall. But the back of it over the house is like 14, 16 feet to the top of the chimney. And so it was leaking at the top, and it was causing all kinds of weeping around the block because it was never sealed properly. So I needed to find out. This has been, this has been up there for like 13, 14 years. And so what I did is I got up with my maintenance supervisor, and we got up on top of the ladder, and we got on top of the chimney, and we were looking at it. I came back down, and then I tried to step on a 7, 12-pitch roof to look at some of the stuff around the cracks in the chimney, and I slipped. And I fell backwards into the valley on the roof, and luckily he broke my fall while I was going down, and I basically, I think I bruised my left foot. Uh, but, you know, I've learned one thing at the age of 61. When you fall, you don't bounce, you go splat. <laughs> so I hit pretty hard. So tomorrow morning I'm sure I'll be feeling that. But the thing about it is I'm up on the ladder running around doing all this stuff because I'm just so, I, I'm in such good shape and I feel so good. My brain works so well. I'd call all these people up to come do this for me. Nobody would respond because, you know, we've got, we've got a big building boom going on again here in Florida. And so there's nobody who wants to work in the area anymore. They're always either working out of town or they're tied up for the next three months. So finally, after waiting for months to get this thing fixed, I decided to do it myself. And we did. We completed it, but I didn't help after I, I twisted my foot. Uh, but it's not my ankle, though. That's good. It's that, it's that bone in my it's, – it's, it's actually a tarsal on the left side. And so it's going to be – it'll be fine, though, in a few days. It will, it will be. But anyhow, so let's talk about how I lost the 20 pounds. Number one, six small meals a day. But now you have to eat low-glycemic foods. What does that mean? Well, you got to stay off of fructose, and you got to stay off of bread. you got to stay off of white pasta. That's really, really important. And you got to stay off of fruit juice. Now, if you want to eat an orange or two oranges a day, that's fine. It's really good fiber, and, it's, and the fructose is bound up in all that fiber. It's no big deal, and it really helps your bowels to move better. I try to eat at least a couple of pieces of fruit every single day if they're either apples or oranges every single day. It's really healthy to do that. But also, remember, you need to be staying with low glycemic foods, which don't turn to sugar very quickly, so you don't want to eat potatoes. A white potato will turn to sugar more quickly in your bloodstream than sugar will. And what happens is once you bump that sugar levels up, it goes up very quickly, your body dumps an insulin. That insulin wants to take that extra sugar and store it as fat. And it's a very strange metabolism because the fat will never turn back into sugar again. It only goes to fat, and then you've got to burn that fat off as fuel for the body. So the way you do that is you want to pick up your metabolism so you eat six small meals a day. Now, here's how you gauge the amount of calories per meal. I want to weigh around 180 pounds, so i got about 10 more pounds to lose. So what I do is I take my ideal body weight and times it by 10, so that would be 1,800 calories a day. Now, I divide that by six, so I eat 300 calorie meals six times a day. So that means every two or three hours I'm eating 300 calories. But now, here's the little thing that I did this time that made it so easy. I started including sauerkraut in my diet three or four times a day with those meals because a big portion of sauerkraut has hardly any calories in it, Doug. 
And then you can also use like a sweet potato, which has a very low glycemic index also for the carbohydrates your body needs. And I slice them and put a big, like a, we have these big old yams, and I'll slice it about an inch wide and use that with the sauerkraut. And what happens, it ends up being like 300 calories a day with some grilled or broiled or baked chicken. And it tastes absolutely delicious. Now, the way Sharon, now this recipe is going to be in her, her, her new book, the way she makes the sauerkraut, you rinse off all the vinegar to start with, you put it in a pan, and you cook it in chicken broth, organic chicken broth, you use some bay leaves, mix up, you cut up a couple onions and put in there with it, and then we have a special type of seasoning we put in there with it with no MSG, and the sauerkraut is unbelievably good. And people love it. They come over and think, wow, that sauerkraut's the best sauerkraut I've ever eaten. Well, we eat that on a regular basis because it's a fermented cabbage, and it really helps your bowels. It helps to get rid of leaky gut. It helps to get rid of allergies because all the stuff's organic we're eating, and it really helps to cleanse the body. Now, that's the six meals a day we do with that. And, of course, I may have some, I have the protein shake first thing in the morning. Now, secondly, I use conjugated linoleic acid on a regular basis. We have that. It's called the True Fat Burner Health Masters. And then I use the HGH Stimulate. This one is the one that really massively increases the strength when you're in the gym. It really does a great job. And, and that's the one I've been working with. That's one of the reasons that and the muscle blast that Sharon's in such good shape. I mean, I think she showed you her, her bicep. I mean, she, she basically has no body fat on her arms. She doesn't jiggle, and she's 60 years old, and I'm 61, and I really don't have any body fat on my arms either. I don't jiggle because yeah, we, me neither. <laughs> because we work out. We, we work out, we take care of ourselves because we want to be. I mean, here's the thing, Doug. If I came up to you at a seminar and you never met me, and I waddled in at around 600 pounds, you'd be like, oh, wow, Ted, I really didn't expect you to be that big. Okay? And so that's the whole thing is, you know, like Sharon said in her, her portion she did, you know, doing what we do, You've got to stay healthy all the time. People expect that of you, and they expect you to be in really good shape all the time, which is okay, especially now that we're doing Skype and stuff. That gave me a big incentive to go ahead and drop the weight back down. And then I use the HGH Stimulate twice a day, one scoop. I exercise about 25 to 30 minutes a day, which is a lot less than most people think that you need to do. Once you start going past 30 minutes on your exercise, you massively elevate cortisol, which is a stress hormone. Then you have to take more cortisol buster. And Cortisol Buster does a great job keeping that cortisol down, which helps to store body fat when you have your cortisol high. So that's the other product that we love so much that we use. It has the three adaptogenic herbs in it. That makes you just real common serene all the time, which you've already testified to. It does the same thing to me. Now, what's interesting about this is is that the the uh, the, 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 the the workouts are most of the time are the, one of the big stumbling blocks for a lot of people, Doug. They like to get on the cardio machine and sit there for 20, 30, 40 minutes. It's too long. Five to seven minutes of good, hard cardiovascular exercise will give you the cardiovascular training effect three or four times a week that your heart needs. That's all you need. Now, if you want to do it before every workout to get your metabolism revved up, to get some blood going and start perspiring, that's absolutely great. Now, I always, me and Sharon, we have this little thing going all the time. She likes where we work out, we have a little workout area in the house. She likes it really, really cold, and I like it really, really hot because I like to perspire when I work out. She does not. So she usually wins because she's always in there flipping the AC on. And I'm like, whatever, honey, whatever you want to do is fine with me. I'm, as long as you look like you look, I mean, I'm like, <laughs> and I complain about how, how cold it is in here. But it's very important. Now, the next thing is this, what I mentioned a few minutes ago, is this. You've got to be drinking half your body weight in fluid ounces in water every single day. So at 200 pounds, I need to drink at least 100 ounces of water. And you're killing me with that. Okay. It's just ten, it's ten ten ounce glasses. You always hear people say drink eight to ten glasses of water a day. Yeah. What if, what if you weigh eighty pounds? You don't need that much water. You have to do it by body weight. And here's the thing: the fluorine and the chlorine will cause hypo 
thyroidism. Your thyroid quits working because it's not getting the nutrients that it needs. We've got a great thyroid support product that people use all over the world to keep their thyroids really revved up and doing good. And we have potassium iodine that we sell. It's like $20 for the nascent iodine at the office. It's so that's one of the things that it's a little pet peeve that I have. A lot of the alternative websites that sell nutrition products, they put their nascent iodine in at $40, 50 $60, $80, $100 for a bottle of the stuff. It doesn't cost really a whole lot more than the regular type of iodine. And that's why we give you a, a big bottle of this stuff. It's not a big bottle, it's a bottle about like this size. And we give you, we give you that, uh, it's like $20. It does a great job and it lasts, you know, I think it's a couple of months. So it's a great product, especially with us bombing Syria right now. We've got to really think about that. I mean, what happens if we have a nuclear volley exchange, which I don't think is going to happen between me and you guys, but if it did happen, it'd be really nice to have that iodine handy. Secondly, we know we've already got a nuclear volley coming over here from Fukushima. My gosh, are you kidding me? What's happening with that crazy place over there? And nobody's talking about it? Again, that's part of that whole thing, the depopulation. The population. And, and just, just to be clear, that nascent iodine, does, it, it does form a, what, a radiation barrier in your body, right? I mean, it would be, it would be like, um, okay, these, no, some no. of the survival companies sell the, the, KI pills, the uh, potassium iodide pills. Well, here, what it does is this. The thyroid is one of the first organs that really start absorbing out radiation, okay, right. which causes the thyroid to basically go defunct and become, just, you just die from it. It's one of the primary causes of radiation poisoning and sickness. And so what it does, it prevents that. And so it gives you a higher tolerance as far as contaminating your thyroid with radiation when the thyroid is already filled with potassium iodide. Plus it does more than that. Potassium iodide massively reduces the amount, the risk of breast cancer in women. And you need about 12.5 milligrams a day. 12.5 milligrams. That's a lot. I mean, I, that's why our pills are 12.5 milligrams. That's the reason they're that much, because that's what the studies show you need every single day. It's also a critical component of the immune system, like I said, in preventing breast cancer. Plus, it really helps you to avoid viruses and flus and the colds and all that, because it helps to zap stuff as it goes through the bloodstream. So it's really important to keep your thyroid levels up and your potassium iodine up. That's so important. But remember, a lot of salts don't even add iodine anymore. They don't add it anymore. They used to add it to salt. A lot of them don't do that anymore. Plus, sea salt doesn't have any added iodine to it. And plus, the iodine they use is a very inferior, cheap product. And plus, you have the chemtrails with these salt drying ponds. I was in Salt Lake City a few years ago, and they had these, you know, the Great Salt Lake, and they had all these drying ponds all over the place with this water evaporating in the drying ponds, and the chemtrails were everywhere, which means you're also getting barium and aluminum and menstruum and all that in the salt. So we use a deep mine salt. It's a really good product. We have it on the website. It's cheap. It's like a dollar or eight dollars for a big pound of it. Lasts you forever and it tastes great. So it's just a me too item on the website. We, it's hardly any margin on it at all as far as profits. So we can't put stuff like that on, on, on sale, but it's, it's like eight dollars. It's so cheap. Yeah, and it lasts like for months. It's a couple of bags. It's really, it, it yeah. tastes different. There's a different taste to it. Yeah, it tastes good. Yeah. And we always, we season everything. That's the same salt that I put in my, uh, my water in the morning. Two shakes. That's what I do every morning. It does a great job as far as your body. Uh, also, remember the potassium iodine helps prevent the hypoglycemia. It's very, very important. Now, there's just a couple of other things I want to talk about as far as weight loss that I, and there's a bunch of others. Then we'll talk about Tom Brady. Uh, one of the reasons, this is, this goes over several things that people do that they aren't losing weight with. And this is something that we talked about last month. And this is the product we used last month. It's still sitting here. It's liver support. One of the biggest problems that you have with weight loss is your liver. You get a sluggish liver. Uh, it's liver toxicity. If you have a roll of fat around your middle, you may have what's referred to commonly as a fatty liver. 
What does this mean? It means your liver has stopped processing fat and has begun storing it. And when the liver is sluggish, every organ in your body is affected and your weight loss efforts will become blocked from almost every angle. This is an article by Burke. And what I like about this is that it's going into detail on why the fatty liver is absolutely overloaded with toxins and pollutants and metabolic waste. We did a whole show on that, so I'm not going to go back into liver function like I did last month, but you need to be taking the liver support. That's the other thing I've added to my diet every single day. And what it also did, it helped get rid of the some spots coming up on my hands. I got rid of all those, which I thought that was pretty cool, you know, the liver spots, because the liver is so important of an organ. Plus, this article goes on to say, that the gallbladder has to make sure that it's made strong, and it says it's recommending that you use raw beets in your for your in your diet for your gallbladder. And we have the beet powder crystals that are all organic beets. The biggest problem with the beets, and this is so important that you guys understand this when you buy beets, is that they have to be certified GMO organic beets, no pesticides, because almost all of the beets out there are GMO beets. And they're loaded and sprayed with glyphosate before they're harvested. So they have to be natural beets. You say, well, that's, is that why there's this? It was like 50 or $60 for a big can of it. But yes, a lot of beets in there. And it's very difficult to get. It's getting more and more and more difficult to source it because of that. Because it's so hard to find organic sources of beets. Because remember, almost all sugar that we get in our foods, when it says sugar on the label, that's beet sugar. And it's all GMO. On top of everything else, it's bad for you, and it's GMO, and it contains glyphosate. Crazy stuff. Also, you need to be wearing it. You need to realize a lot of people have 10 or 15 extra pounds of fluid trapped in their body tissues, and estrogen dominance can cause a lot of that. In addition to that, we need to realize that you need to have enough serotonin in your body, and you need to realize that there are all kinds of food cravings that you'll have if you have a serotonin imbalance. And what I recommend for that is that you use 5-HTP, 5-hydroxy-L-tryptophan because that really, really helps you to get rid of that. Plus, once you restore a lot of good bowel function, especially using the sauerkraut, it really helps get rid of the extra fluid out of your body because it really helps keep the bowels moving on a regular basis. And you can't do the sauerkraut if you just hate sauerkraut. If you try the recipe and you still don't like it, then you just have vegetables with your meals and and a couple of oranges or a couple of apples every single day as part of your calorie intake to try to increase the fiber in your diet to what's called decrease the fecal transit time. Because, guys, remember, the portal vein goes from the colon and it goes directly back into the liver. And if you're absorbing a lot of poisons and toxins through your colon because your colon's sluggish, it can be very difficult to lose weight. It really is. And I know that I was having some problems with skin allergies and itching, and when I started using the sauerkraut, all that completely cleared up within a few months. I mean, completely went away. And so I'm really, really, really happy with that because it seems as though, Doug, that I always have to deal with this stuff myself, find a way to fix it, and I get to tell you guys how to take care of it. <laughs> I love I it. And, and tell me again what you use in place of um, a sauerkraut. I'm not a fan. Oh, well, you could use vegetables. Or did you, there was a supplement you mentioned. Vegetables. You can use organic, or, or you can use regular cooked cabbage if you want to do that. I mean, cabbage is okay too. You can use cooked. Sharon has a rope code. It's called it's red cabbage. She has a red cold, a red cabbage recipe going into the uh, the, uh, the 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 cookbook that does the same thing. Oh my gosh, is it good too? You get organic red cabbage and she cooks it down. I don't remember what the other ingredients are in that. But when we have people coming over who have eaten here before invariably they request if she's making that again to please make them extra portions. A lot of them want to bring it home with them because it's so good. I mean, here's the thing, and I'm just going to stop her for a second and brag on Sharon. You know, she really practices what she preaches. It's obvious she's 60 years old. Look how she looks. Uh, number two, she's an incredible cook. 
And every time she sees something in a recipe that can be improved with a certain ingredient, she changes it and tries to go more and more natural. For Hunter's birthday party next week, we're having a completely organic, no gluten, no sugar cake that tastes unbelievable. No gluten, no sugar cake that's unbelievable that she's made from scratch. She made some cupcakes with the same ingredients that she used to make this, and we ate the cupcakes, and I thought, you can't even tell it's not just a regular cake mix. It's that good. And so she's really blessed. When she comes out with this new book with all these recipes in it, we're working on it diligently right now, trying to get it all typeset, then we'll make it available you know, for the first time to you guys and to our talk show because I want you guys to have a first shot at it because it's going to be a really, really, really good cookbook. So I'm really proud of her with what she does and how she does it because she's, I'm, I've been out in marriage for 33 years, and I'm so blessed. I mean, she actually went to Niceville High School. I kid you not. There's a place in the panhandle of Florida called Niceville. She graduated from there. And I remember when I was dating her, we were engaged. I told her, I said, you know, I said, Sharon, are you really this nice? Are you really this sweet? Do you have this sweet of a spirit? Because she's a true born-again Christian. She loves God and loves Jesus, loves worship and praise music. She goes, no, this is, this is my real personality. I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. And she's still the same person she was. Now, she did have that one year when she went through menopause that her personality massively changed. And she wrote about that in, her breakthrough, in our Breakthrough Health book. And, ladies, that was one year that was rough from a marriage standpoint, but we found natural protocol for her to follow to help her get through menopause, and it also works very, very well for monthly periods with women, and it's in the Breakthrough Health book, and uh, what I'll do, what I'll do, Doug, with every order that we have coming in tonight, as long as supply lasts from the from the, from the stuff, stuff we're doing, it won't be on your invoice, I'm just going to tell you about it right now, if you use the Doug10 coupon, you get some of these products, if it's over $100, we're going to give you free freight anyhow, and I'll throw in one of my Breakthrough Health books that had the entire chapter in there on what to do to maintain healthy hormones, what to do with PMS, and what to do with menopausal problems. I've met so many of my friends, Doug, who were married to their wives for 20, 25, 30 years, and the wife went into menopause. Their personality started to change. They started to create a lot of conflict, and they ended up getting divorced. And I've seen it over and over again. In fact, I've got a dear friend of mine right now, she's one of my relatives, and she's going into menopause, and she's having all these marital problems, you know, and she's got two kids, and I told her the other night, I said, look, I said, the problems that you're having now, you know, are going to be with another person anyhow, maybe not the exact same problem, but nobody's perfect. In a marriage, you've got to learn how to work through the problems and find each other's best points and best attributes to focus on. That's what the Bible says. Look on the good things. If all you do is look at the negative aspects of your spouse, well, they're too, they're too fat or they're too thin or they're too mean or they're too this or they're too that. How about this? How about they work all the time? They work 40 hours a week. They're a good provider. They're an incredibly good dad. Why don't we focus on those things? Let's find something that we can focus on that are positive. How about your wife is a great cook or keeps the house really, really clean or she's in really great shape? Let's focus on those things instead of trying to find the things that we don't like about each other and focusing on those things. Because, guys, I learned a long time ago, it's a lot easier to work with somebody as far as trying to help them to be a better person rather than trying to make them be what you want them to be. That doesn't work that way. You can't change people. Only the Holy Spirit can do that, and that's with a lot of prayer. And I've learned that a long, long time ago, Doug. It really, really is important to pray on a regular basis. And my wife and I pray every day, every day together in the morning. In fact, it was one study that was done a few years ago, and it said that the Christian divorce rate is about the same as the world's divorce rate. It's about 50 to 60% of the population who's Christian or claim to be Christian get divorced. With one exception, when the couples who pray together 
every single day out loud together as a family, the divorce rate's like less than 5%. It's incredibly low. So when you expose yourself to the Almighty, to Yahweh, to Yeshua, and you pray to God Almighty, and you talk to Him in the morning, and you pray in the name of Jesus, and you all have a family meeting in the morning and discuss what's going on, it makes a huge difference as far as how your day goes, number one, and how your marriage goes, number two. Because if there's an issue that somebody's doing something in your relationship that you don't really like or you don't care for, you can bring it up during the family meeting or the prayer time. Not, not while you're praying, but beforehand. So you can discuss it with the family and say, well, maybe you need to do this. Like the other day, my, my 17-year-old son's turning 18, and we had a little discussion with him. He's starting to get an attitude on him. Now, the kid's brilliant. I mean, he's in his third year, finishing his third year of college, has a 4.0 GPA, magnum cum laude. He's going to graduate with his bachelor's degree when he's 19 years of age, start law school probably when he's 20, 21. And what's interesting about him is that he's really smart, he's really, really nice, but he went through an attitude phase a few weeks ago, and I finally told him, I said, look, I said, here's the thing. You're almost done with your third year of college. Are you expecting me to pay for law school? He goes, well, yes, sir, I am. I said, well, with this kind of attitude, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I said, this is not going to happen. I said, you've got to be a good fighter like Sharon talked about. We all need to work together as a team. Because if you don't want to do it that way, then there's no reason for me, after you turn 18, which will be in a few weeks with him, to continue to support you. There's no reason. You can just go out and buy a car, pay the insurance every single month, and try to survive and go to school and get student loans, like so many other kids do, whose parents aren't able to send them to college, and I, I understand that. And so we always try to make sure that everybody maintains a really good attitude in our house, including me. And sometimes they'll say, because every once in a while I drink a cup of coffee, but I haven't done that since last fall when I was in Montana. And they'll say to me, they'll say, Dad, don't drink coffee, because when you get coffee, your cortisol goes up and you get kind of irritable. And I'm like, you're right, it does. I can feel that in myself when that happens, and I don't want to be that guy. So you're right, I'll stay off the coffee. I'll work with the purple sticks instead. So it's that kind of little stuff, Doug, that helps to maintain harmony in the house. And I know I'm giving you guys a lot of really basic information tonight, but a lot of people don't ever hear stuff like this, especially from the pastors anymore that have become so compromised about just preaching happy, happy all the time, and they never want to talk about some of the real aspects of life and what people need to do to maintain good relationships. And finally, on this burning body fat thing, I've got to say one more thing. You've got to take, again, an omega-6 fast. fast. It's, and I don't like very many omega-6s. This is kind of conjugated limoleic acid, and it really helps to burn fat, and it really helps if you have a fatty liver to get that liver down. A lot of you have realized that you don't really have fat hanging over your belt, but you've got your belly pushing out. And almost invariably, that's because you have internal fat, you know, abdominal fat on the inside, visceral fat, we call it, and also a fatty liver could cause that. And the conjugated linoleic acid plus this dietary protocol I just talked about will help reverse that. So if you find yourself out of breath or at breath or yawning all the time or having to yawn when you tie your shoes or being out of breath when you bend over, chances are you've got a lot of internal fat you need to get rid of. And it's very easy to do that on the protocol that I just outlined along with the process we've just talked about, Doug. Any comments or anything else you want to talk about? No, fantastic. And just to, well, you know what, uh, it, it, and I'm sure most people whoever, who have gone on the internet, uh, do this, uh, you get into one of these videos that, uh, I, I don't know, there's no, there's no way to fast forward it, there's no way, oh, you know, is, but, but one thing, bananas, bananas, I, I said all that to say this, what's up with bananas? Uh, do they, are, are, are they bad for weight loss? Bananas have a tendency to bloat you out pretty good. They're pretty high glycemic. Uh, I eat bananas, but I don't eat them on an ongoing basis. I'd rather have 
and orange, or I'd rather have an apple, especially apples are pretty low glycemic. The oranges just really help as far as, you know, keeping the bowels active and moving. And so the bananas are okay, but, you know, if you start pouring bananas into a protein shake or eating four or five bananas a day, I mean, a lot of you like bananas because they're so convenient. I mean, I'd rather have a child eat a banana than a Twinkie, you know, but I'd rather also have them eat an apple and an orange, too, to get the different minerals. The reason that foods are different colors are because of different minerals. Uh, the reason that grapes are dark is because of the iron and all the different nutrients they have. The reason that, you know, bananas are a certain color is because of the nutrients that are in them. The reason that fruits are red is because of the nutrients. All the different elements and the minerals inside of the fruit cause the fruit to be different in color. And our body needs a lot of different minerals and a lot of different vitamins every single day. So when you eat a broad variety of colors in your diet on an ongoing basis, it massively increases the mineral and the trace mineral content of the foods that you're eating. That's why the organic is so important because it doesn't have a bunch of pesticides and stuff sprayed on it also that your liver has got to deal with. Now, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady eats clean. Tom Brady's got five Super Bowls, and Tom Brady eats organic. He's in bed every night at 9 o'clock. He stays super healthy. He doesn't eat GMO foods. And the media has boo-hawed that, so that has nothing to do with his longevity. Guys, it has everything to do with his longevity. I'm 61, Sharon's 60. We eat clean. Now, I'm not saying that we eat perfect, but we eat really, really clean. We very rarely ever eat out. It's so expensive. We have a very difficult time where we live finding organic restaurants. And we have Sharon. She basically stays. I love my wife. She cooks, like, all the time. And she's always in the kitchen cooking. She makes the most incredible meals. And we eat clean all the time. When you eat clean, you don't have to have your body try to eliminate poisons and toxins through the liver that we talked about last time we were on with you guys almost a month ago now. And so it's so important to keep your body cleansed and keep your body's colon working properly. I mean, you need to have your feces move through you about every 24 hours. You don't need to have it sitting in you three or four days at a time. That's so important, and that's called fecal transit time. And what you can do is eat some corn, organic corn, non-GMO corn, and see how long it takes to show up at the other end. That tells you what your, what your fecal transit time is. If it takes 12 to 24 hours to come out the other end, you're doing good. If it takes two to three weeks to come out, you're doing real bad. Okay, it's really bad. And you've got to make sure that colon stays clean. You can do that with magnesium products. We've got a great magnesium product from the water and the fruit and the fiber. We also have a product called Atrialo that works very well for that too. And it's not, it's not addictive, so you don't need larger and larger amounts of it. But I'd rather have you do it with fruits and vegetables first if you possibly can, and with a sauerkraut, Doug. There's that sauerkraut again, Doug. Yeah. If you tasted Sharon's sauerkraut, Doug, you would love it. I guarantee it. I love sauerkraut, Ted, and that sounds yeah. delicious. Uh, I'm going to have to get the recipe or part of the recipe. I'll have Sharon send it to you. Yeah, and I was just telling him off air that um, actually last time I went to the grocery store, I bought two nice-sized jars of sauerkraut that I got oh, sitting in my cupboard. So, Yeah, we, we always get the organic stuff. But, again, the yep. coupon code for tonight, guys, is Doug10. It's 10% off from like almost all these products we were talking about tonight. Doug10, the cortisol buster is on sale for 10% off. The HGH stimulator is on sale for 10% off. All of the magnesium products are on sale for 10% off. The Muscle Blast is on sale for 10% off. All of these products, you can use that coupon code to automatically add off, take off another 10%. So it's a huge bonus for your listeners, and we didn't even do that on our show today. So I'm really pleased that we get to do that on your show tonight, Doug, because your listeners are real special. I mean, God, by the way, guys, thank you. If you're not going to get anything from us but buy multiple vitamins from us every month, thank you. If, if you all you need to do is pray for me, thank you. Amen. Thank you. I, I, want to be, I want to be appreciative. I want to thank you for listening to us tonight. I want to thank you for getting your vitamins from us, your B vitamins from us, your 
all these different products from us and supporting us because we have that helps us to sponsor the Hagman Show and it makes us part of the team that's working together. Because the good thing I like about all this is that you know Doug and Joe and I don't agree on everything, but we agree on most everything. But it's okay though because we're not supposed to agree on everything. That's why I like diversity of news. We're not going to start censoring people on my show or on Doug's show because guys, here's the thing. We're all in this together. Like the Bible says, you got an arm, you got a foot, you got a leg. All of us as the body of Christ work together for the good of the whole of the body. And we need to all realize that let's work together for this. Let's pray for Donald Trump. Let's pray that he has his eyes awakened and opened and he realizes who and what he has in his administration with him. And he's convicted by the Holy Spirit to change this and to realize that we don't need another FDA insider, another drug insider running the Food and Drug Administration, and we need to find out what in the world's going with these vaccines, and we need to do everything we possibly can from a health standpoint to keep ourselves healthy. Because, guys, I personally believe we're in the end times. I personally believe that time is short, and that sooner or later we're all going to figure out, hey, the book of Revelation has already been opened and we're all starting to see all these signs opening around us. Doug, what do you think? I totally agree with that, Ted. And I think that the events of this week, I mean, folks, just look at the news headlines. Remember five years ago, even, one or two news stories would carry the day. Now we can't get, uh, uh, Ted, we're seeing one or two news stories age off in the, in, in the same number of hours. Well, it, the, the frequency. You know. The reason they're doing that, Doug, is they're having to maintain the veil around everybody's eyes. The mind of the unbeliever has been has been had, there's a veil around it, and it's just a sorcery veil. It's basically put it bound, you know put there by these Luciferians. They don't want people to see and know the truth and be set free. The way they do this is through the TV, through Hollywood, through music, through the cell phones, through the Gwen Towers. All of this stuff is maintaining the veil, the narrative. They want everybody to believe the narrative, and if the narrative is not being as effective as it needs to, they've got to increase the frequency and the severity of the narrative. I said on Tuesday, I said if the drone strikes, we have the most deadly, one of the most deadly months we've ever had in March of this year with drone strikes, killing almost over a thousand people, many civilians all over the world. And I said if this doesn't get everybody's attention, it's not going to be a big enough narrative. They're going to release chemical weapons and gas. And Doug, two days later, they did it. Crazy story, but it actually happened. I actually called it out for it did. Uh, Ted. Thanks for joining us tonight. We're, we're running out of time. God bless. Have a great evening. God bless you guys. I appreciate you both. Until next week, stay safe, and everybody have a safe weekend. We'll see you back here Monday.